Hey everyone, this episode of An Eternity of Basketball is part of the Globally Ballin Podcast Network, a subsidiary of the Globally Ballin Media Network. For this show and other shows like it, such as the Globally Ballin Podcast, as well as projects like it, such as original articles and video work, visit globallyballin.com now. If you like this show, be sure to subscribe to it, as well as give it a five-star rating and a review. We appreciate it. Now, to the show. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, we are now entering episode number 92 of An Eternity of Basketball. Good morning to everybody. But before we get this show on the road, we have a few things to get out of the way, including our sister show's next episode, episode 59, uh, of Who the Heck Are We? featuring Quincy Camarade, uh, the uh, senior Askels call-up. Uh, of course, he will get to learn more about him on Who the Heck Are We? on their next episode, episode 59. And another show, of course, that is part of our group, it's hang time with Denise D. Chu Injiga finally got it. He, she will, uh, he will be the next guest of Denise Dinsai over at Hang Time. And, uh, of course, that's a volleyball show. The Globally Balling Network, of course, please follow all our social media accounts. The, uh, check out the website and also all the shows on YouTube. We just mentioned two of them. Of course, An Eternity of Basketball is also part of that. An Eternity of Basketball on YouTube. And you can also catch us in audio form on Spotify as well. And for an eternity of basketball, part of the Globally Balling Network, go to Linktree slash Globally Balling. Follow all the social media accounts. That is the place where you can get the geography of everything that happens on Globally Balling. And finally, of course, uh, we'd like to thank our friends from Cuts Apparel, customized company uniforms. Check it out at Cuts Apparel PH. So episode 92 is about to get underway. Noel Zarate with Sid Ventura and Charlie Kuda. But before we get the show going, I'd like to share a special video for all of you. Check this out. Against the 14 fouls already committed by Crispa. 102 to 93, nine points by Crispa. Two minutes and 21 seconds to go. Soriano inbounds, Fabiosa in possession. The lead pass going to Cyrus Mann. Mann crowded by Snake Jones. He pivots, attempts, and overshoots the rebound to Rudy Soriano. He loses it to Jaworski. Jaworski over to Snake Jones. Snake Jones back to Jaworski. Jaworski back to Jones. Loose ball picked up by Segura. Segura back to Jaworski. Jaworski to Arnaiz for the attempt. He sinks it. Last two-minute announcement has just been made. A minute and 55 left. Crispa lead down to seven points. It's a full-court press by Toyota. Philip Cesar dribbling against Arnaiz over to Fabiosa. Fabiosa in the front court with a minute and 45 seconds left. The bounce pass to Kaur. Crispa trying to hang on to that seven-point lead. A minute and 40 seconds left. Kaur in possession. He is crowded. He gives it to Fabiosa. All right, of course, that is a clip of a Crispa Toyota game. And, of course, many of you are familiar with the Crispa Toyota rivalry. But you all know that voice, of course, behind 
the call. He was doing it solo at the time. I'm not quite sure if he had a partner, but I guess we're going to find out from the man himself, uh, Mr. Dick Ildefonso, the original voice of the PBA broadcast way back in 1975. And he is joining us here on episode 92 of An Eternity of Basketball. Uh, as uh, If we get his video right on uh, in just a few moments, and uh, Tito Dick actually yeah. had a direct influence on many of us here. There he is, Tito Dick Ildefonso. I call him Tito Dick because actually he and my dad were very good friends uh, in uh, way back in the 60s. And so we're going to get to find out more about that in just a few moments. Tito Dick. Ildefonso, good morning from an eternity of basketball. Good, good morning, Noel. Good morning, Chai. Good morning, Sid. It's a nice day today oh, for okay. a show like this. Morning. Yeah, beautiful day. After yeah. all the rains. Yeah, well, uh, good for you guys over at NCR. It stopped raining. Over here at the Region 1, uh, it still continues. But, you know, there's so much to talk about. Uh, I call him Tito Dick now because uh, he's uh, good friends uh, with my dad. In fact, I was telling Charlie the other day, uh, he gave me my first stuffed animal when I was two years old. So that's like a long, <laughs> long time ago. So let's get the show on the road here. A lot to talk about here with uh, with uh, Dick Ildefonso. Tito, Dick, uh, tell us about your beginnings in the media industry and what made you gravitate towards sports. You know, uh, sports is always in my blood, in my blood because I played uh, soccer football for Ateneo. Ateneo always had intramural going. We had basketball, soccer football, even softball and volleyball and <clears throat> being sports-minded i guess it was a natural thing for me to get into sports but the evolution of getting into sports is pretty varied you know you don't just get the opportunity right then and there mm -hmm. so i had to work my way into it and it just fell into place started as a disc jockey newscaster uh program host and a lot of other things that came in between commercial announcer and if you're in media and radio and television these things come your way without you expecting it but you have to make the best of it so i guess it was fate that led me into basketball coverage and all the other sports that i covered it was there i took it i loved it yeah and and i i, I hope i i did good by it, you know, that everybody appreciated yeah. the idea. Well, I think you inspired three gentlemen here to actually follow that path. Uh, <laughs> actually, but but to, to begin with, how did you gravitate towards media? Uh, was this your course in Ateneo? And then um, when, when you got into media, what made you decide to stay? Okay, uh, here's the background. I was the youngest of seven, and my mom was pretty strict with her allowance. So uh, at a certain point in my teenage stage where I needed some, some money for, you know, as teenagers always need money. And because she was strict, I said, I better start earning my own. So I, I got odd jobs. I even distributed soap samples for Procter & Gamble. They had these summer jobs. And I enlisted and fortunately was given the chance. And I used to earn something like 79 pesos weekly. And that was to me a fortune at that time. Uh -huh. this, yeah, was in, this was in the, in the 1950s and money then was pretty, pretty high, you know? Mm -hmm. <clears throat> so when, whenever the week uh, ended, I was rejoicing because I had my own money and I didn't have to go to my mom. She was so strict about allowances and all that. 
so they started me off. And finally, in Ateneo, I was on the senior soccer football team. But we only had day classes. And a good friend of mine was studying in UE. And he was working part-time jobs. He said, I'm studying in the evenings. So I have time during the day to earn my keep. And I said, why not? So this was a serious thing that I had to contend with. And in 1954, finally, I decided to go to the UE, University of the East. Took up night classes and finally got the chance to audition for DZMY. DZMY was then 8.30 in the radio dial, as I still recall. And one of our uh, top stars was Josen Diego, if you remember her. Mm -hmm. she, yes, yes. She, she was a disc jockey par excellence. She had a very sultry voice. And she loved Pericomo. So when I joined DZMY, without any pay, just to get the experience of being in front of a microphone, get rid of the mic fright. And this trained me finally, because at that time, the Chronicle Broadcasting Network was to open in a short time, a few months later. And they were advertising about needing announcers and staff and production people. And, you know, I said, why not? Why not try for it? I did. We were thousands who auditioned. And I don't know what happened, but I was one of the lucky ones. I got into it in, you know, DCQL was Radio Relo, if you recall. I don't know if you guys recall that. That was way before your time. Radio Relo was news minute by minute. It was patterned after Cuba's Radio Relo, which at that time was a revolutionary concept. Every minute you had news, we had something different. We had English, 30 seconds, Tagalog, 30 seconds, actually 25 seconds each because there were time breaks and uh -huh. tags and, you know. But this trained me in both English and Tagalog. Uh -huh. And CBN at that time had a lot of radio stations like DZXL, DZY, with different specialties. DZXL was the mother radio station and it had student canteen. <laughs> so this was where I belonged, you know. I, it, was, it was my start in big time radio. Okay. Fortunately for me, uh, I just have a question. Yeah, uh, yeah, connected to that, uh, Tito Dick, about your 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 voice is has always been uh, very clear. It was always it's always been very concise the way you say uh, the way you say things. When did you discover that you had a voice that could actually uh, make you money, which could actually enter the industry? You suppose your palang. Well, uh, again, uh, part of the background was. I won oratorical contests in the Ateneo. As a matter of fact, I was a representative at that time for the Voice of Democracy, which was a, an institutional oratorical contest uh, featuring a lot of the best from different schools in the Philippines. I did not participate because also at that time, simultaneously, was an essay writing contest by the New York Herald Tribune which I also participated in, and I was like an air representative. And I, I got into the finals. The, the prize was a trip to New York City for two weeks. And I said, wow. it's my chance to travel. You know, I was a teenager. I was only 15 years old at the time. I was in my 
third year high school. And I went into it with my hopes very, very high. The finals featured all the selected essay writers in high schools in the, in the country. Unfortunately, I was underage. So mm -hmm. I was wow. put by the wayside, you know, in the finals, which is a big disappointment. So I said that the first opportunity, I'm going to travel no matter what. Mm -hmm. Now, leading into that, DZXL Radio had a TV uh -huh. channel at that time, which Henry Lopez was working for. This was Channel 9. And I was the first voice on Channel 9 because from DZQL, I was promoted to DS, DZXL and then moved into Channel 9 for the test telecast. At that same time, the Lopez's bought DZAQ, which made it ABS-CBN, Auto Broadcasting Ooh. System, which belonged to Antonio Quirino, the brother of the then president. So it became ABS-CBN in 1958 or 59, thereabouts. At that time, Bobby Nang was with ABC, ABS. It's, you know, he was one of the leading celebrities there. Mm -hmm. Bobby was the last alive. And, you know, Ateneo LaSalle had a very strong rivalry since then, <laughs> all the way up to now. And we were paired together, would you believe? Because DZAQ and DZXL got the franchise for the San Francisco Don Series. This was a leading team, a leading collegiate team on the West Coast, San Francisco Dons. And mm -hmm. it was invited, the team was invited to play a series of games prior to the NCAA, which nice. we also had the franchise on. The NCAA then was the leading basketball mm -hmm. yeah. league in the country. Mm -hmm. The NCAA was playing second fiddle all the time. But the big teams, the big names were in the NCAA. So I said, this was my chance. And fortunately, I was named together with Bobby to cover the San Francisco Dance Series, which was going to be the appetizer to the NCAA coverage in 1959. Mm -hmm. Again, there's a word serendipity. If it happens, it's going to happen. I was covering the San Francisco Dance Series as a color announcer for Bobby. Bobby was already a veteran at that time, aside from being a very good disc jockey. He was covering basketball. But both of us were practically neophytes. He was a little senior to me. But I had never covered basketball before. I just did the scores and I did the color. One time, he came late. He had a, you know, a fender bender, one of those things. As I said, if it's going to happen, it's going to happen. I was left holding the bag. I was there all by my lonesome. I had no color man. I had no uh, colleague. Bobby was not, not around. And I got word that he might be delayed. I didn't know how long. So the game started. And I said, what am I going to do? The only thing to do is to stay there and cover it. So I did the best I could. And would you believe mm -hmm. I felt comfortable? One of those things yeah. that if it, you really belong there, it'll come to you. And right. if you know how to take advantage of it, you're going to give your best. And it turned out okay. 
But I was so nervous throughout that I didn't know I was doing okay. <laughs> my, my exposure to basketball, to soccer football, all contributed to this, I guess. That mm -hmm. if you're an athlete, you, you have the same kind of feelings as the athlete. So you can impart this as a sportscaster. Mm -hmm. The excitement, the determination, the spunk, you know, the, the will to do your best. It just turned out that I could do it. And when finally, after the after the coverage, I asked my my colleague, and I said, "How did I do?" And they said, "You did okay." I said, "How did I do? <laughs> I did okay." So it built up my confidence. And after that, Bobby and I shared the NCAA. Mm -hmm. I did the junior games in the beginning, the junior coverages. He did the senior naturally, but we tried to outdo each other as Athenians and Lazarites will all the time. <laughs> this our bet our best rivalry was outdoing each other. And I tell you, mm -hmm. it, it served its purpose. It really hones you to have yes, yes. competition as sharp as somebody like Bobby. Bobby was actually it sounds very familiar the story that, that you said about about being thrust into a position where you have to just <laughs> do what you can. No, I mean Noel, alam natin yan, di ba? We have yeah, we have yeah. had those opportunities in the but back then, so you were you said you were doing the coverage solo. When did you start having a partner with you that you could banter with during the coverages? I forgot to tell you that the partner that I selected right then and there was Father James B. Reuter. He was the host really? of the San Francisco Dogs. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, Father Reuter was sitting on the sidelines. He never expected to be called upon to go on the air. Okay. So I had somebody call Father Reuter, who was a good friend of mine, because I sang for the Greek club in Ateneo. And he came about and he said, what can I do for you, Dick? And I said, Father, you sit down beside me, you'd be my color analyst. analyst, Because you know these guys, the San Francisco Dons, Don Barksdale was one of their star players. Okay, okay, yeah. Yeah, but he had a bum knee, so he didn't go into the NBA. But he was outstanding. And he, they had a lot of other name players. The dance, San Francisco, San Francisco dance was rated uh, class 18. Yeah, that's, that's, Bill Russell's, that's Bill Russell's school, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. They were very good. And that series was really something that we appreciated. It honed us for the NCAA. And when Bobby and I did the NCAA, that was the beginning of how I got into sports casting. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But I have a number of other stories to tell you about that later on. Yeah, Pero that, wala that pang, sounds wala very familiar, ano, no? Thomas Charlie. Yeah, wala pang uh, anchor analyst at the time. Was it was it was it clearly defined yeah. already who was the anchor, no. who was the analyst? It wasn't, no. Well, at, at that time, this was the world of Willie Hernandez. Mm -hmm. Oh yes, Willie Hernandez of yeah. Channel Eleven. Well, right. he was with uh, Elizalde Manila Broadcasting yeah. mm -hmm. uh, System, and he was the voice of basketball. Willie was a legend in his own time. And to think that he never really was a broadcaster. He just got into it, again, serendipity, by accident. He was there, and he knew how to cover, and he became the voice of basketball. He did all the games before. And Channel 11 did not get anybody else except Willie Hernandez. That was his domain. He tried to train a lot of others. You know, uh, but none of them really lasted that long. They came and they went. 
you know, Bon Lapira was one of them. Bon he was trained. Yeah. yeah, he was trained by William Hernandez. Uh, so was, uh, uh, let me see, the uh, ben, ben Francisco was mm -hmm. also another name. These guys are probably names that you don't recall at all because you never really heard them at that time. Only because but, my father would mention them all oh. the time. Yeah, yeah. 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 Newscaster already. Newscaster already. I think for Channel Bo 7. was yeah. being trained to take over, you know, from William Hernandez. But at that time, you know, I was doing other things and doing basketball on other channels. So yeah. Uh, yeah. that's a very, very nice story that I'd like to tell you later on. Because yes. as we progress, you know, yeah. because for the first and only time, Willie and I got together, and it was a turnover from him to me for the Mika. Mm -hmm. This was oh. a Mika basketball series. Uh, oh. This was during the sunset of his years in broadcast. And it was very, very memorable to me. Mm -hmm. But uh, Willie and Jake Romero was another name. Mm -hmm. Yeah, if you recall, yeah. Jake Romero, Jack Garcia. These were the three names in basketball that dominated the coverages of basketball before. Until I got into the scene and, and, and devoted a lot of my time to it. So you see it. I just because, have a question. Uh, how, how, yeah. how often were the games broadcast back then, MCAA and Mika? And uh, were they live or were, or were they on tape delay? Well, uh, the NCAA was the most popular league at that time. <clears throat> the coverages usually mostly were on radio, and they only covered television uh, later on, when, when TV was already more or less developed. That's when a lot of people watched it, especially the students uh, on University Row, and that's where I saw, you know, Willie Hernandez doing the play-by-play -play for Channel 11. And the place was always filled up. This was about three times a week, said. Three times a week, just like the PBA, uh, every other day. But uh, the schedules were varied. They had junior and senior coverages. Right, right. So the juniors always took, you know, the sidelines. It's always the senior coverages that the people watch and listen to. But this evolved into the Mika, you know, and then eventually into the PBA. Mm -hmm. The whole history of basketball is evolved during those days you know from the 19 late 1950s 60s 70s up to the time that the pba in 1975 took over and only because of a controversy because of amateur yeah. and, and and you know Ooh. the amateur use of the players right, and right. The, the the owners of the basketball teams resented their highly paid players playing for the basketball association of the philippines Mm -hmm. This is a time yeah. of Lito Puyat, Correct. Mm -hmm. Gonzalo Lito Puyat, yeah. Uh -huh. uh, because he, he recruited all these stars and put up a league of, not a league, but, you know, conferences, three or four game conferences to make money to build, to build up the funds of the PBA. You couldn't blame him for it. But uh, the, the, the owners, of course, like uh, Dominic Chon, uh, Danny Flora, Emerson Cossett, and Walter Yu Yang, uh, they all resented this because why should 
we fundraise for the BAP. And they said, okay, that was a germ of the PBA. That's when it mm. started. And they started talking and they said, well, if you want to get away from the BAP, put up a pro league. That's exactly what happened. Yeah, yeah. right, yeah. right. That also <laughs> sounds familiar nowadays. <laughs> go ahead, Charlie. Go ahead, Charlie. Just, but let's yeah. go back. So we're about to enter the discussion of the PBA, but we go back to the NCAA. In your many years of covering the NCAA, sir, what's your most memorable game? Is there one game that stands out that you can recall exactly what happened? Was it a La Sala Teneo game? Was San Beda involved there? Uh, I mean, parang what, what, what? Or are there several games that, that you do remember and that you take with you as, as one of your, your favorite memories in your sports casting career up to today? You know, uh, an outstanding <clears throat> development was when the NCAA championship had to be played behind closed doors. Okay, yes. Mm -hmm. You remember that? 78. Yeah. 78, there were no I think. Yeah. Huh? Because there was a lot of, uh, uh, you know, uh, I won't say violence, but, but uh, a lot of. <laughs> <laughs> they, they, they were. Free for all because of the fanaticism of the followers. Yes, yes. And uh, I, I was able to cover the, the closed door game in, mm -hmm. in uh, okay. Araneta. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, but it was so long time ago that, uh, such a long time ago that my memory fails me at this time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, I, I do know that, I do remember that for uh, Ateneo, Joy Cleophas was a member of that team. Oh, it's earlier, yeah, okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, but you know, it was so long ago, more than fifty years ago. So my mm -hmm. memory is very rusty when it comes. To but it must have been. It must have been so a bit strange. Yeah. to cover a game with without fans inside the venue, considering you know the energy of the fans. And you always said that the the venues were full when you would cover the NCAA in the past. It must have been strange for you. Was it the first time you had covered a game? Na walang fans sa loob ng ng stadium. No, not really. Uh, <clears throat> because at that time I already did voiceover on on you know videos that uh, had foreign foreign uh, coverage announcers, so I, I was able to do this by, by just you know earphones and annotating mm -hmm. it on a play-by-play -play basis. Right, I, right. I guess I, I I wiped it out of my mind all all the incidental sounds, the cheering, and all of that. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't that difficult, really. Okay. You do carry okay. get carried away because of the excitement of the game itself. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. When you get involved in the plays and all that, so this really takes your entire concentration. Yeah, but it helps. All of the, all of the stories yeah. that, that that you've been telling so far, Tito Dick, actually, I I can speak for the other two people here, uh, other two hosts, brings back memories of how we all started out, actually. As broadcasters, <laughs> also, you, you, people, you had to be there, and then your partner doesn't show up, and all of a sudden you get thrust in, <laughs> and uh, yeah. and then all of that, you also have to do this what you call the off tube. We call it nowadays the yeah. off tube uh, coverage. Yeah, where, yeah. Uh, you had to mm -hmm. you you were looking at a screen. With, you're not at the venue, and then you had to generate the excitement. It all sounds very familiar, but then then of course when you're doing all of this, did you think that this would be? The only thing that you would be doing to, to, to raise a family, I can be a sportscaster and raise a family? Or did you think of this as a sideline, I need to get a real job? Or to you, was this the real job? Well, I was already earning a salary uh, with CBN and then later on 
ABS-CBN. But what really helped me out was my commercial announcing because mm -hmm. I voice a lot of commercials at my time. Uh, Dairy Cream, Billionaire Lines, Royal True Orange, Commonwealth Foods, Cafe Puro, Caltex, <laughs> to name a few. Uh, yeah. and, and the most recent was uh, Juicy Fruit Gum, if you recall. <laughs> of course. Juicy Fruit Gum. Uh, it yes, was on, yes, yes. you know, it, it, it was a saturation campaign. Yeah. And uh, this helped a lot because sometimes I would earn more than my salary by just commercial announcing. Mm -hmm. So this is one of the things that, you know, uh, got my attention in broadcast. It, it just comes your way. It gets thrown into your lap and you, you take advantage of it. You do the best you can. And yeah. if it pays, why not, you know? Just want to know how, how old you were when you did your first uh, uh, sports uh, broadcast, broadcasting yeah. assignment. 1959. Uh, let me see. I was, what, 18 years old? 19 years old. Wow. Wow. No, 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 no. no. I would be 22 years old. 22 years okay. old because okay. I started at 19. I was 22 okay. years old at that time. Wow. It was a basketball coverage that you did at, 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 at 22. At, at 22, this was a San Francisco yeah. dance. Uh, yeah, that was the uh, one already. But, but, later, yeah. but, but later on, you, you branched out. You, I was looking at, your, at, your, at what you sent me. Basketball, boxing, tennis, table tennis, weightlifting, cycling, football, gymnastics, taekwondo, judo. And get this, guys. SIPA. SIPA. There was a SIPA <laughs> tournament, yeah. and Mr. Ildefonso was the one who covered that. And how, what, what was that about? How did that SIPA tournament come? Because Doroy was, Valencia, you remember? Okay. Yeah, of course. Doroy, That's yeah. a familiar name, yeah. Uh, yeah. Doroy Valencia uh, espoused local sports, and SIPA was one of the outstanding sports because this is a sport of firefighters, firemen. You go to San Lazaro and you see them playing SIPA. This is how they spend their time when there are no fires to put out. SIPA. You know? <laughs> this is SIPA Takrao, really. Yeah, 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 yeah. It is an indigenous Southeast Asian sport. And the good ones, I tell you, when you watch them with their acrobatic uh, retrievals, they hit mm -hmm. it every which way. They even somersault and hit it back yeah. over the net. This is similar to volleyball, except that you yeah. have a rattan ball. Yeah, which, yeah, by the yeah, way, yeah. when I was when I was covering it, I got myself some rattan balls, and I tried doing my own sipa, you know. And it's it's tough, I tell you, it's a hard, tough sport. So I, it's it's something that we should yeah. develop, really. Mm -hmm. yeah, I, yeah, I agree with that definitely. I, I thought uh, when Charlie said sipa, it was you know. Yeah. yeah, it never really took off. That's yeah. a pity of it. it was sport in Sayang. 
Yeah. It's, it's, a sport, it's a regular sport in Southeast Asian games, but Southeast Asian Thailand, games. Yeah. And it's fun to watch. It yeah. It's fun to watch. Yeah. It's really fun. Good. It hasn't been very exciting. It's very challenging. You as know, well. the really good ones, they can keep that ball alive for a long, long time. Yeah, yeah. A lot of that nagdalaro ngayon mga players natin mga sundalo. Yeah. yeah. Sundalo, no, they play it I really, think yeah. I, I think they play it in the camps when the, when there's idle time in the camps that's what they play. That's yeah, what I got yeah. from even, the last even the ball has evolved it. It still looks like it, it still looks like it's rattan but it's made out of some polycarbonate fiber na <laughs> you know, high tech na rin pati yung bola. Mukha lang siyang rattan. <laughs> yeah. but it, it, even but the know, ball the, has evolved. The rattan ball is painful to to kick, huh? If you if you're not protected, yeah. you have to be right. protected. Have the right kind of shoes. <laughs> because it could lump, it could yeah. form lumps on your ankle or whatever it comes in contact with. It's heavy. It's pretty heavy. Yeah. But if you if you're a good uh, CFA player, you can direct that ball every which way. Mm-hmm. You can you can uh, jump up and smash it down. Just let the volleyball yeah. players do. Mm-hmm. You can yeah. set yourself yeah. up, somersault, and kick it back. But it's fun to watch. I, I, I just right. like to mention at, at this juncture, Noel, Sid, uh, yeah. Sir Dick. There's there's some fellows watching and they they they're sending their regards <coughs> to you, sir. One of them, his name is Chuck Barrero. The other one oh, is named Chuck Etok Barrero. Lobo. Huh? Etok Lobo. Oh. Ben yeah. Ben Obrique, uh, Ben Obrique, and uh, Alan Kaidik. Yeah. Oh, Alan, okay, so hot shot. Yeah, this yeah oh, the, these guys are these guys are watching right now you know, they're, they're remembering when you used to commentate on their games back then in the 80s and 70s yeah yeah a lot of them you know i don't remember because there there have been so many of them yeah but yeah. the outstanding yeah. ones alan was really way out there after now i think he still has a sniper eye of his oh yeah yeah this shooting, can really the shooting is still the, there he can the hit that target i think he he has a record Oh, yes, I don't does. know how many. 17. Yeah. 17, 17, in 17. 17 in one game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. You Just know, at 17. that time, they were not, it was only uh, during his time that they had three point shots, but before they didn't have any yeah. three point shots. Yeah. If not, guys like Jun Papa, Shin Dong Pa, Taniguchi of Japan, these guys yeah. would have hit that three point shot <laughs> at will, I tell you. These guys were outstanding. Mm-hmm. Those are yeah, the names that I recall. Yeah. Yeah, we're, we're yeah. going to talk about the, the PBA coverages also in, in just a bit. No? But you stayed in the NCAA for a long time. Uh, uh, and also, how did you develop your storytelling style? I mean, it, your storytelling style is more of how the action goes. But everybody still remembers how you painted the story from first quarter to fourth quarter. Kanya kanya yan eh, with, with sportscasters. How did you develop your style of storytelling? as a sportscaster? Well, I guess just talk naturally. Uh, try to recount what you remember best and what you think is most interesting to the televiewer. Uh, I, I have a policy whenever I sit down and cover. And I tell myself, what would the guy sitting down in front of the TV set want to know about what I'm covering? Mm-hmm. So I try to develop that kind of expertise on, on the team, the players, the coach, and their style of play. So it just flows, you know, uh, something mm-hmm. that it's there within you. And if you have the right kind of direction, 
even at the television enjoy what, what they're watching because they all can only see what the camera shows them. And if they don't see whatever you're talking about, you can add on and embellish the entire scene with, with the other information and color that you know. So for me, it was something that I always kept in mind. What do they see and what they don't see? And what I can add on to what they don't see? And to me, I guess that, that's part of the style of coverage. Mm -hmm. At the same time, uh, I don't just do play-by-play. -play. Naturally, I look back and see what, what is being done by both teams. Are they defensive? Are they offensive? Are they using fast breaks? Or okay. are they changing their tactics? Uh, which is the most effective way of trying to describe the entire team and action? that's happening on the hard court. Mm -hmm. You also have other sidelines, like is a referee influencing play? And some, I don't know that uh, Leo Prieto and, and we and the coverage team had some arguments about, because officiating at that time during the PBA days <laughs> was being criticized. And sometimes- Leo Up to now, it's still being criticized, sir. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you know. Uh, referees will always be criticized, and some of them have had very uh, unfortunate incidents happen to them. Like yes, yes. there was a referee in the in in Bangkok, uh, Filipino referee. Uh, I recall his name, Loris Garcia. Mm -hmm. He was an international referee, and he was the referee of a very crucial game between Thailand and South Korea. South Korea and Thailand were just like the Philippines and Korea, arch enemies. But Shin Dong-pa was the outstanding player for South Korea. Thailand was putting up a terrific fight. But this referee of ours, Filipino referee, was very nationalistic. He knew that if he took out or put into danger one of the key players of South Korea, then Thailand would have a chance. <laughs> so I think one of one of the South Korean uh, fanatics realized that Loris Garcia was calling fouls on Lee In Pyo, who was the assist man of Shin Dong Pa, and putting him into foul trouble. And that's when this, the, the, the the riot started because he went on court wow. and went after Loris Garcia. This guy was big. He was, I think he was a weightlifter or something. He went after Loris <laughs> Garcia, who was quick enough to run away from him. <laughs> because he, he, he was convinced that Loris was really targeting Lee Pyo, who was then the assist man of Shin Dong Pan, the captain of the South Korean team. And there was chaos. There was a riot that happened. People were starting to throw bottles. You know, the Thai crowd was very volatile. Just like a Philippine crowd. When and, and when you say them, bottles, you yeah. Her, yeah, when you say bottles, you know, at it, that time, it really meant bottles at the time. Oh, really bottles, bottles at that time. This was 1966. Yeah. They, they didn't have too many plastic bottles at that time. Mm -hmm. That's right. <laughs> there were right. coins. Yeah, coins and, and, and tomatoes. I don't know where they got them. But they were raining in the court. Tomatoes. Nagbaon, yeah. tomatoes. Yeah. Well, this That's was crazy. Bangkok, you know, agricultural country. And it was, it was a dangerous situation. 
And would you believe, I can't, I can't forget this, that my color man, he was not a sportscaster, but he was with ABS-CBN then, was Hal Bali. He was an American who lived in the Philippines, and an expat. Hal Bali was a very good broadcaster. He was my color man at that time. He stood up, used himself as a shield, a human shield, behind me, and he said, go ahead, Dick, because I continue my coverage. Go ahead, Dick, I'll take your view. Wow. He just used wow. himself wow. as a shield. I couldn't forget wow. that. Wow. That was outstanding. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, no, partner. <laughs> you know, partner. Yeah. yeah. I couldn't forget that at all. He stood there and it, it's a good thing. Nothing hit him. I don't know what hit him, but he was there. He didn't get injured, fortunately. Yeah, yeah. But it well, kept on raining down. You know, it came on raining down. I tell you, I couldn't forget that. Yeah. You had an extensive, you had an extensive international career. If you know, if we look at you, you did the Olympics, Asian Games, Sea Games, name it, no, uh, Pestasukan and all of that. You have some. I'm sure there are some standout stories there that that you'd like to share, uh, you know, with us. Anything new? Something that probably wouldn't happen anymore today, considering the technology now and all of that. You mentioned Pestasukan, Charlie. Yes. Mm -hmm. And I mentioned this to you. Mm -hmm. This was one of my favorite experiences because Onesto Mayorado, he was an outstanding basketball player and he was the key man in the Basketball Association of the Philippines, the right-hand man of Lito Puya. And he wanted to build up a second national team. So when the Pesasukan invited the Philippines to send a team, he used this as a reason to build up a second national team because we already had formed our own national team. But we had so much talent that a second national team was, you know, in order. And he said, this was a perfect training ground for a second national team. Mm -hmm. So he asked me, Dick, could you help us with the media coverage? <clears throat> and I said, uh, I'll try my best because at that time there were no funds. Uh, and, you know, sponsors were very hard to get, especially for something that did not have a name for itself. A Pesasukan, what's that, you know? But in Malay, in Bihasa, it means sports festival. And it was a yearly event for Singapore. So I said, yes, I'll try and get a, a station, I said, to help get the coverage on the air. So the big problem was we were on the American system up to now, and there's a PAL system, which do not relate. Uh, the PAL system has more scanning lines, it's clearer, and the American system is lesser scanning lines, and you needed a conversion machine for it. So television was out. I had to zero in on broadcast. And how, what can you do uh, in broadcast? I, I was all by my lonesome. So I said, I had BI Enterprises, which is my firm, Dickel DuPont Enterprises. And I said, mm -hmm. I'll take it as a company project. So I started gathering my own supporters who could at least put up a little seed money to help me in setting up the entire thing. I had very little time. But Singapore, fortunately, was under Lee Kuan Yew <clears throat> at that time, a no-nonsense government. And they welcomed the publicity 
if the Philippines, which they knew is basketball crazy, would send a team, especially a second national team. So I told Ness, okay, I'll try and cover it on radio because on TV, we're not compatible. And he said, mm -hmm. anything to, to give us media exposure. And I said, okay, radio. At that time, Bong Lapira had leased a radio station. And I told Bong, Bong, can you help me out? Give me the airtime. And I gave him the schedule. And he said, why not? If you can give us a broadcast line, we'll patch you in and you can do it live. What is a broadcast line? It's a telephone line. So I simplified. And I told myself, I hope the Singapore sports officials can help me out. So I went out there on a gamble. And I only had three or four days to set things up. This was at the Gay World Stadium. And I called up the sports officials and I said, I need a single telephone line, preferably a broadcast line with no party line. And they said, we cannot assure you of that. Party line. We'll give you a line. Yeah, we'll give you a line, but party line is probably going to be part of it. I said, okay, beggars can't be choosers. So I took it. You know, that's the best I could do. And all I need, I said, is a simple telephone handset together with a jack and a jack outlet at the venue itself on the sidelines where I had the best view of what's taking place on the court. Pesta Sukan had invited teams from Malaysia, Indonesia, Thailand, uh, Japan, uh, Taiwan. And it was a very competitive league. So when I finally got my telephone, line, would you believe I called up the sports official handling the, the Pesta Sukan arrangements? And he called the Singapore telephone board and things were smoothed out. In two days' time, I had my telephone jack installed where I wanted it. I had no color man. Next way around, I had to fit in. <laughs> and he, he did it uh, willingly, most willingly. But I did it with a telephone apparatus, a, a handphone glued to my ear. And it, a couple of times, the party line came on. And fortunately, <laughs> <laughs> hello, hello. <laughs> I said, please. Would you please give me the line? I said, I'm doing a coverage, international coverage. And they understood. They never bothered me after that. Galing. <laughs> was covered. You know, the people in Singapore, I tell you, are out of this world. And this is a story I told Charlie before the before this telecast. And I told him, after the coverage, I had a little gift. I didn't gift wrap it. Lee Kuan Yew was very strict with his officials. He hated corruption. He hated people taking advantage of their positions. And he, very progressive person. He did things hands-on. At that time, a couple of weeks before, there was a high official who was convicted and subjected to a prison term with caning. Caning is the Yentok Mendoro, you know, mm -hmm. the Rattan caning, which is a Malay punishment. Yeah. The caning the is painful, but I think the humiliation that accompanies it is even worse, the mental humiliation. So when, when, with this in mind, I, I put my favorite bottle of Johnny Walker Black 
into a simple paper bag and went to the office of this official who helped me out. And I said, uh, I'll use his name, not his real name, Mr. Lee. I said, I'd like to express my appreciation and thanks for the wonderful and generous help you gave me to make this coverage of the Pesto Soup and a success in the Philippines. And he said, oh, I'm glad I was able to lend you my assistance, he said. And I said, and as a temp simple token of my appreciation and the appreciation of my network and the Filipino basketball fan, please accept a little something that I hope you will enjoy. I gave him, I gave him the wrap <clears throat> bottle of Johnny Walker. He opened it gingerly, looked into it, and turned pale. <laughs> <laughs> I said, uh, uh, is there something wrong? And he said, oh, oh, oh. No, 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 I cannot, I cannot accept, he said, I cannot accept. And I said, it, it entered my mind that this could be, you know, in their terminology or the way they, they uh, think, some kind of a gift, some kind of a bribe. So I started thinking, okay, I shifted gears. I said, well, Mr. Lee, if you cannot accept this, would you accept my invitation to dinner? And I said, and perhaps I can visit, I can bring this along. I can, we can enjoy this with our dinner. His face brightened up and he said, that I can accept. He said, yes, I can accept. So we made a date and we always finished the bottle between the two of us. <laughs> but I tell you, that is how straightforward and how honest these people are. Not a single kind of corruption. And up to Very now, I think, that's very different, no? very different from what we've we've become accustomed to uh, in the Philippines. Uh, <laughs> I tell you, if we can just get a one one third of that here, it would yeah, yeah. improve things a great great deal. But that's why they're in Singapore. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And, and they're really proud of, of that, no? that fact that there's no graft in corruption. But you did so many international coverages. Uh, well, the three of us have done some as well in recent years. But how was it back then? Uh, you know, there are you have the IBC, you have the International Broadcast Center where the, the network is, is stationed, and then you have the different venues where, where all the events are going on. Because you, did, yeah. you didn't just cover yeah. basketball, you covered all these different sports. And then you go yeah. to the, the, the zone afterwards to talk to the players after the event itself. How was it running around then without without texting and without without uh, internet to check what the results uh, you know in the other events are? How would you guys talk to each other? How would you coordinate amongst the, the, the broadcast team? Well, usually there's a team set up for that particular coverage. Say it's Asian Games, Southeast Asian Games, Olympics. There's a team of, of the network that is assigned to take care of all the logistics, all the necessary documents from the visa to the passes, and the venues, the scheduling, and all that. It has improved as time went along as it should. But uh, we went through a lot of very difficult times, you know, where sometimes you had to wait at, the, wait at the airport for a couple of hours to get your documentation cleared. But uh, all in all, it's, it's part of the hassle, you know. It's part of the entire experience of covering, covering uh, a lot of events abroad. You would have the schedules of the different venues 
like in, in uh, the Barcelona Olympics. I covered boxing where Ruel Velasco got the bronze medal. And boxing was uh, done in Manjuit, uh, which was in the outskirts of Barcelona, about a two-hour bus ride where you had to go by yourself. And I was uh, just using a cell phone, a bulky cell phone at the time, which needed a lot of you know, scouting around to get the best possible signal. And I told you, Charlie, yeah. during our previous talk, the phenomenal thing about getting the right location, this was an arena with different tiers going up. And at the top of this tier were the flags of the different participating countries of the Olympics. So I was going through my paces. I went very early and I started trying to get the best signal possible because I had to get the communications before the actual coverage down pat. I needed a five by five signal on my cell phone. I couldn't get a clear signal at all. I started walking around different levels until I got to the top tier where the Olympic uh, flags of, of the participating countries were mounted. And finally I hit upon a five by five signal and I started orienting myself and I said, I better make sure that I know where this is. And would you believe I was right below the Philippine flag, which is posted <laughs> up with all the other flags of the countries, you know. The Philippine flag, and I was right below it. I moved to the left, I moved to the right, and the signal is warped, and there would be a lot of static. I had to go in one spot under the Philippine flag. No, if that isn't phenomenal, I don't know what is. It's amazing, isn't it? Yeah. And nobody, no, nobody else knew about this. I kept it to myself. But now that you started me on down memory lane, it stuck to my <laughs> mind. I said, how could this have happened at such a time like this? So it really came out. It's it's one of those memorable things that happened. And you're talking the about Philippine the Olympics uh, that, yeah. are, that are actually happening right now. And hopefully uh, we will raise a Philippine flag today. Yeah, I hope so. Yeah. Uh, this afternoon. This afternoon. Yeah. yeah. Hopefully. <laughs> well, you you did all of these coverages uh, before that. But the one that you really got known for was the coverage of the PBA. Uh, I just want to know how the selection process was when you... When the PBA started in 1975, how did they choose the broadcasters? And uh, how did you get selected for the for the position over guys like uh, William Hernandez, uh, as the others that you mentioned earlier? Well, you know, uh, it was a franchise. PBA uh, sold the rights, the TV rights. And the person who got it was, uh, the company that got it was production specialists. And the president of production specialists and the founder was... Romeo Halosos, Romeo Halosos. Oh, it's your Romeo, mm -hmm. okay. Mm -hmm. Right, right, yeah. right. Mm -hmm. A former representative, Romeo Halosos, mm -hmm. who at that time uh, was, was out of ABS-CBN. He was then the sales uh, representative of ABS-CBN. But he put up production specialists. And <clears throat> at that time, I was very active in, in basketball and sports coverages. And I had just come back from Tehran for the Asian Games in 74. And he calls me up 
sets an appointment at one of the hotels. And he was beaming from ear to ear. And we had coffee and he said, Dick, I want to offer you a great opportunity. And he said, would you like to be my partner? I said, partner in what? I got the rights to the PBA, he said, and I'd like you to be my partner and cover the PBA. And that's how it all began in 1975. Okay. And, and he was our choice for, for a color analyst, color man. Because Emmy is a... So he was the original color man, Kain Dalawa. Yeah, he, he was the original color man. Uh, I did the play-by-play. -play. I needed to catch my breath uh, at halftime where he would give the scores and all his <laughs> stories, you know, about the players. And then take over again for the second half. I covered two games a day, which is about one and a half to two hours each, almost four hours of continuous yeah. talking without a script. Yeah. Well, we, we, <laughs> the three of us went through that process also yeah. in in uh, in, in uh, reaching our careers as well. But yeah. how did uh, how did you uh, come about working with Emmy Arcelia eventually? Because when growing up, that was the that was what I was waiting for: the coverage of the PBA with Dick Defonso and Emmy Arcelia. When did Emmy Arcelia come into the picture? Well, when when uh, Ronnie and I talked, we, mm -hmm. we decided we needed a second man to assist me because it would be a very grueling and exhausting coverage. Mm -hmm. Three times a week, two games, so yeah, that's yeah. Six, six games a week. That's about four, 12 hours a week, continuous yeah. talking. So <laughs> Emmy loved to talk. <laughs> so we said, Emmy, Emmy, you know, he could provide a lot of excitement and coming. It's always excited anyway. So uh, <laughs> we decided an Emmy and we worked out very well, very well together. But that's a, so that's the first she time was, you ever worked with Emmy with the P, in the PBA already? You never worked yeah. together prior to that? Oh, okay. no. wow. Okay. Galing, yeah, huh? it was the first time. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But I even before that, even before that, I, yeah. I had a lot of color analysts, you know, people who would help me out. Yeah. Lauro Baimumar was one of them. Uh, Peter yeah. Duque was another that. one. Even Kaloy also, Kaloy right? Saga, Kaloy Kaloy Saga, right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, who else? You know, there were a number of others that uh, I can't recall at the moment. But they were outstanding coaches and basketball players during their day. Yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And uh, there was one instance, by the way, talk about uh, the PBA, and you, you kind of avoid talking about Sonny Jaworski, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. Well, but this wasn't the PBA at that time. I mentioned Tito Duque, the, the late Tito Duque was my color man at that time. And it took a lot of convincing for me to get him on as my sidekick during the coverage. Because he said, Dick, what will the other guys think of me? I'm a coach, you know, and I'm you know, to this. Uh, and whatever my comments are will be misconstrued and being partial to my to my own benefit. And I said, no, no, Tito, you have to be you have to be open minded. I said, you're a recognized basketball uh, expert. I said, so you just talk about what you see, what you think should do, you, they should do to correct uh, an error or whatever. And finally I got him convinced. An outstanding experience was when he was with me when Sunny Jaworski did one of his devil may care charges. I think this is a Mika. Yet. It is a Mika. He was with uh, Toyota 
he went full barrel tilt into <laughs> Olympio Santos, who was a guard forward. He was about six feet, but solidly built. And he expected Olympio to move sideways or, or otherwise, you know, either sideways or step back and give him room. Olympio stood pat. He just stood there. Sonny Jaworski committed himself. He went up in the air. He almost cleared the shoulder of Santos, but his foot caught there. He somersaulted in midair, must have taken a very, very bad pull, hit the back of his neck, and passed out. Mm -hmm. wow. It was one of those things that happened, you know, during exciting Devil May Care basketball <laughs> coverages. He was so, there, so, grown, yeah. and I told, I told Tito, Tito, I have to get up. I'll leave the air to you. Just talk about what's happening. Just say that I'm over there trying to find out what happened. And I went, because people crowded around Sonny. He was prone. He was on the court. This was Rizal Memorial. Mm -hmm. And somebody must have called an ambulance. But Sonny was there, and when I looked, it looked like he was convulsing because you don't you yeah, don't yeah, fall yeah. that high and land on your back. It, it would have been okay if he landed with his two hands in front of him, but he was he had somersaulted and he had his back towards the hard point. He mm -hmm. must have landed here. And I said, This is serious. And I was really praying. I said, I hope nothing bad will happen to Sonny. Mm -hmm. And finally, the ambulance came. In the meantime, Tito and Luke was holding on to the air. Would you believe me? And I was <laughs> out there for two to three minutes trying to find out, you know, what was happening. I came back and he was there. A real trooper, I tell you. Galeng. So I said, thanks a lot, Tito. I said, <laughs> Another so that, 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 that Sadi Jaworski fall reminds me of something that uh, Sadi Jaworski was also involved in years later when Alan K. Dick also fell. So nangyari pala yung kay Jaworski before it happened to Kay Dick. Diba? He was yeah. also involved yeah. in that uh, yeah. in that controversy. Yeah. Late, late 80s na yun, oh. late yeah. 90s. Yeah. 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 You know, Sunny's style is uh, matira matiba. He will, he will mm -hmm. charge I into you. If, you. if you don't duck, you know, you, you have a collision. <laughs> yeah. That's exactly what happened. Yeah, I just want to go back to to uh, to Emmy Arcelia. When you started working with him, did did uh, you were you had a very decorated broadcasting career prior to the PBA? Did, did Emmy Arcelia have the same background, or what was his background when, when you started working with him? Uh, well, Emmy was in sales, uh, and he he did the stock market market uh, reports. That's as far as I know. Uh, was his expertise, the stock market report. I, I hadn't heard him in previous sports coverages, but our team up was, you know, just a team up that happened. Mm -hmm. And wow. fortunately it worked, you know. Another another case of serendipity there. Exactly, yeah, exactly. <laughs> right, right. Before, before we, jail, you yep. know? Yeah, right. Before we get carried away, I mean, we have a lot of questions. I mean, just the three of us, palang. We're not even counting the questions that you're posting uh, on on Facebook oh. right now. We're gonna we're gonna do our <laughs> halftime break. We're gonna do our halftime okay. break right now. I Once again, that. just to uh, <laughs> remind everybody, of course, that we're not the only show on the Global Ebola Network. We also have Who the Heck Are We, and they are bringing in episode fifty nine with Quincy Camerad, and that'll be up on episode fifty nine. So join Claudia, Claro, and Jay uh, when they talk uh, to this. Uh, Askel's uh, call up 
seniors ask us call up. <coughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> but of course, hang time with Denise Dinsai also happens with Chu and Jiga. Yes, sir. With confidence. Chu and Jiga will be the guest of uh, of uh, Denise Dinsai on, on hang time. That's our volleyball show. Dito naman sa Globally Ballin Network. Uh, and of course, we also have Globally Ballin Network everywhere. So you can check out the social media, the website, and the shows that are on uh, uh, Globally Ballin, including our show, uh, An Eternity of Basketball. We are now on episode 92. But you can check out the most popular episode. And, and still nobody's beating Pino Harencio at this point. Uh, no, Pino Harencio is running away with episode 61 as the most popular uh, episode. Of course, Vic Sanchez, Chito Lizaga, <laughs> Freddy Hupalde, Elmer Reyes, they're all up there. But I don't think anybody's going to beat the Pido Harencho episode, um, at least up to now. <laughs> Dito sa, we'll see. We'll see. Menezes is catching up already. I, I'm sure he is, yeah. And that would be interesting <laughs> as well. But, of course, like and follow Globally Ball in Southeast Asia if you haven't already uh, for all <laughs> the updates on the contents that we have here on the Globally Ball in, Globally Ball in uh, Southeast Asia. So, of course, we are still joined by the legendary broadcaster, Dick Alifonso. I call him Tito Dick uh, because uh, <laughs> just a little background there. It's actually because of Tito Dick that I got into sportscasting. Uh, when I watched my first uh, PBA game and my father actually brought me to that smoke-filled Araneta Coliseum after a Crispa Toyota <laughs> game, and I finally got to meet the man. And, and from that time on, I said, okay, this is what I want to do. And, and lo and behold, several decades later, here we are. Uh, but just going back to the PBA, Tito, I think we do have a few photos to share with you as well uh, about your journey, Dito, sa, sa yeah. PBA. Uh, working with Emmy Arcelia was like, for was that seven years Seven years together? Uh, was this every day you look forward to working with each other? How did you keep it fresh for the yeah. seven years yeah. that you were working with each other? That's a good question. Uh, keeping it fresh means that you don't tire of each other. Right. <laughs> you don't you don't say uh, here we go again, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah every sure. every every coverage to us was a new experience. And we would exchange, you know, anecdotes, stories about uh, the background of the upcoming game or something that we heard about this or that. And leave it to Emmy, he's got a lot of sources, so we enjoyed our off, off the air conversations. Uh -huh. So this kept, you know, our our friendship alive and our partnership in the PBA alive. Did, did he get you and into golf? Showed. Did he get you into golf oh. or were you already into golf at no. the time? Uh, no. That's another story. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. I'm story. sorry if I preempted something there. <laughs> Okay, oh. <laughs> the other day I asked. Yeah, because Arcelia was was a big golf guy. Yeah, uh, yeah. See, are we showing pictures already at this point? He came in later. Uh, yeah. Golf, yeah. golf. Yeah. You know, as I told Charlie before, uh, I got pulled into golf while I was still playing tennis because uh -huh. uh, I went into duck pin bowling. Uh, from from soccer football, I went into duck pin bowling, uh, and then I went into tennis. <clears throat> I was a serious doubles tennis player. Uh -huh. And then, of all things, early one morning, somebody calls me up and says, come on, sama ka dito sa I said, who's this? He says, Danny, Danny Floro. I said, Danny, what? Saan kayo? Nandito kami sa golf course. Golf course? I said, maglalaro kami. He said, I said, hindi ako marunong eh. Hindi ba niya? Turuan ka namin. <laughs> so he pulled me. 
he was the one who pulled me into Google. Uh, actually, it wasn't that simple. You have to go through stages. You have to go to the driving range. You have to know what, what to do, all the protocols to get your, mm -hmm. your hands on the golf court, on the golf club, and how to hit the ball and all that. You actually need a golf pro to do this. It's a very mm -hmm. complicated sport, but it's right. the most enjoyable, I tell you. I had yeah, so 30 years as president of the Capistano and a golfers of broadcast. But the guys that Danny pulled usually were sports writers. Mm -hmm. There was Ernie, uh, Ernie, uh, what's his last name now? Lito Takuhan and uh, uh, I, I forget. Rusty uh, memory. <laughs> anyway. Well, we do have we, some we, pictures we to, sessions to, before. Yeah, yeah we, we now have some pictures to that refresh your memory. Actually, we started already with one of them. That was a picture yeah. that was entitled uh, Man, uh, Man to Man. Uh, was this a show of yours before, or was this a segment in the news uh, program? No, it was not. It was not a show. Uh, man, man to man. No. Um, refresh my memory. What was this all about? I have no idea. We're just showing it because it's a. <laughs> yeah. It's one of those photos that we dug up <laughs> yeah. of you. Uh, it's yeah. a set, yeah. obviously, and then there's a man to man uh, right yeah. there. So I was. Yeah. Looks like a sports show. San Miguel Corporation. Yeah. It says. Yeah. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so wow. this was the early part, of course, like like all of us now, you still have to get into a suit to do your job every now and then. But this wasn't required yeah. for you in the PBA. You know, this was probably very early in your in your broadcasting career, based on how, how everything looks. Yeah, yeah. I what that was about. You know, why does it not trigger a memory? <laughs> I, I, can't, I, can't, I can't really associate no, I'll that. tell you why. There's, because there's too many. I was, I was telling Sir Dick the other day, guys, you know, just looking at that, that uh, his accomplishments and, and his whole resume as far as the sports broadcasting thing is concerned. Grab it, talaga. Sabi ko, maubusan talaga tayo ng oras araw to. We have to chop it up. Maybe, <laughs> yeah. maybe do a part two later on somewhere down the yeah, road. But, yeah. but for today, mahirapan talaga tayo. Let's just go to the next photo. Mm. But you mentioned yeah, already yeah. earlier, Sir Dick, you mentioned Jaworski. Okay, here's your column. And now here's Dick, so you used to write as well. Something we also dabble in, especially si Sid. Sid is the editor right now of uh, ESPN5.com. But but you mentioned Jaworski, and then you mentioned Toyota Crispa. There was a mention of Toyota Crispa and Noel. Let's talk about Toyota Crispa, Sir Dick. In the early years, especially the first two, three seasons of the PBA, it was all Toyota Crispa. They were winning all the championships, and you had the best players yeah. on those two teams. What are your memories about that? Imagine in 1977, right? First day, they were Fort Bonifacio, and all of that. What, what, what do you, how did you see that rivalry? What triggered all the fights? Was it a certain personality? Which one was the rougher team? Sino ba yung uh, instigator? Sino yung lalaban lang? You know, how was that whole chemistry between these two teams? Uh, you know, I it? think it, it, is, it is part of uh, basketball. It's, it's always part of basketball. As they say, fan is fanatic. When you're mm. a fan of basketball, you're a fanatic. And Crispa had its own... Mama, Mommy Crispa, you remember? Uh, she yeah, she yeah. led the cheering squad of Crispa. They were all Crispanatics. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that was the term that was used yes. at this time. Toyota didn't have any Toyota Matics, but they had, they had their own following, very, very uh, avid following. And it was just good because it, it developed a rivalry similar to the Ateneo LaSalle rivalry in the NCAA. Mm -hmm. And this is what made the PBA at that time, 
the most popular sporting event. Uh, whenever Toyota and CRISPR would go up against each other, there would be personalities involved, like Mon Fernandez, Rudy Soriano, Sonny Jaworski against Joy Dionisio, right. uh, Atoy uh, Philip Cesar against Ari Tuadres, and uh, uh, Johnny Revilla of CRISPR was also mm. uh, part of the, of the group that usually got involved in these little skirmishes. There would mm. always be uh, skirmishes because basketball is a contact game and it's played in such a small area with 10 bulky guys, athletic and very full of vim, vigor and vitality. And what Super. can you do? <laughs> you, 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 you cannot avoid uh, yeah. body contact. As a matter of fact, this is one reason why the Philippines usually gets the, the short end of it when we go up against the taller and bulkier guys in international basketball. But this is precisely the formula of a successful rivalry. You know, mm -hmm. fans and players who really take it upon themselves to give their best to the team. That's exactly how Toyota and Crystal players played. They gave their all. It was 100% for each of these two teams. And they, they, their rivalry, I don't think, can ever be mm -hmm. uh, equated with, with you know, it, it will never be duplicated at all. Yeah. I don't know yeah. unless you know it, there, there there are two teams again, two teams again with two of the best players, players in the league. Yeah. You know, it's it's very yeah. difficult to get that kind yeah. of, uh, of chemistry going. Mm -hmm. yeah. it, it's it's so a phenomenon. Do you have a, you have a favorite Toyota Crispa game that you covered, or a most memorable? Uh, Toyota Crispa game. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All of them are memorable. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you can hardly differentiate. They give their all, you know. Even during the reunion, they gave their all. Yes, yes, yes. That's, yes. You know, that's what made them Toyota Crispa. Everybody contributed, and nobody wanted to give any kind of advantage to the other team. They always gave all right, their all. Right. Yeah, yeah. Well, guys, I, I remember. Another person, oh, yes, yes. Sorry. We do have yeah, another yeah. person here, Dick, Dick Alfonso, was uh, was there uh, at the Araneta Coliseum during the 1980 All Filipino Championship, wherein uh, Toyota fired their head coach at halftime. Do you remember that uh, that uh, day, Tito Dick, when uh, when Fort Acuna was uh, uh, when oh. Fort Acuna was uh, benching Jaworski during the finals of the All Filipino 1980? Yeah. What was your recollection of that day? Well, uh, it's a little hazy, really, but I knew that. Fort, Fort had his own temperament, you know. Fort was a player himself. And when he was a coach, he had his own protocols. He had his own things to follow. And if you didn't agree with him, he would be stubborn enough. And <laughs> he didn't give in. That's what made, made him outstanding. Fort Acuna didn't count out to anybody. So if uh, management wanted him to do something that he didn't agree with, I guess that contributed to his being ousted as a coach at halftime. Mm -hmm. And that's, I guess, where Dante Severo came in. Mm -hmm. yeah. And Dante was not a basketball player. He was a car motoring stand-up. <laughs> he was a racer, you know. Right. But 
again, serendipity. All of a sudden, Dante got into basketball because of circumstances, and he stayed in basketball and did right. well in it. Right, right. So what is this? You know, this is part of fate, I guess, part of karma, part of yeah. destiny. How about this picture for destiny? Dick Ildefonso and Emmy Arcelia. It's always been Dick Ildefonso and Emmy Arcelia. If you mention one without the other, parang kulang yung kape ng asuhal. That's why the reunion game was so special. Not just because of the players on the floor, but because of the commentators really doing that game. It was such a throwback. We were all like, yeah. wow, are we yeah. back in 1978, 79? All of a sudden. So, but you know, the late Emmy Arcelia... I, my question is, it was just the two of you as commentators then for seven years, basically. What happens if you were... Did, did you miss any games for any reason whatsoever? Did you get sick? Did he get sick? And if so, who replaced did you Tito guys? Did also do that? Did he get uh, late because he was playing 36 holes? <laughs> <laughs> no, he wasn't into golf at that time yet. Not, not pa, okay. the way I was. Okay. Yeah, but how we, was that? We, we went into golf later on. But... Yeah. Uh, I, I don't recall Amy being late or anything like that. And neither was I late or, or absent because wow. both of us. Seven you know, years. I don't know how we did it. But yeah. uh, come That's hell crazy. or high water, come floods, typhoons, and earthquakes, we were oh. there sitting beside each other. For seven <laughs> years. 75, because someone was asking, anong years that cover si Sir Dick and CR Sir Amy? Then 75 to 81. For seven years, a walang absence. Seven that's years. crazy. That's crazy attendance record there. That's yeah. No, that's wow. why I also uh, that's why I also asked the question how you keep it fresh because people um there was there was a time that I had to do an entire final series with just one person and that's just seven games. Kayo seven years. This was just into game five. Ano of the final uh, series, and then you guys were working with each other for seven years. I find that really astonishing. Talaga, how how do you how did you do that? Uh, really, that's still. Uh, I know you answered that question earlier, but it still it still hasn't registered. How you work with the same person for for like three four games a, a, a week yeah. for seven years? I mean, how how do you how did you keep that excitement level going? And and the fans always look forward to the two of you. Well, you know, uh, it's it's showmanship, I guess. <laughs> but aside from showmanship, you, you really have to appreciate each other. Be good friends to begin with. Right. Have the same kind of interests, you know, and um, understand each other. Understand each other's personality. I knew Emmy to be very bubbly. He was also yeah. always full of life, always, you know, on the move, always on the go. And I'm the, uh, the opposite. I'm, I'm laid back. I don't get frantic i don't get hysterical sometimes he did but i always <laughs> remain cool and collected but so it balanced off <laughs> mm -hmm. he was the excitable person i was a cool person so we mixed together very well did did, did you have a, a statistic a st statistician right beside you during the game feeding you all these numbers we always had statistic, uh, statistical uh, people, you know. Uh, it was a statistical panel uh, composed of two or three guys, always uh -huh. listing down everything. Okay, so Meruna. Furnishing us, yeah. That was a time it started <clears throat> becoming very professional because the PBA 
you know, the DBA yeah. needed statistics. So right, right. we always had figures like, uh, and, and, and uh, things like who was the highest pointer, who did the most blocks, mm -hmm. who, who, had, who had the most fouls, and yeah, yeah. a lot of uh -huh. outstanding stats, you know. Yeah. <clears throat> and this it must is have been very, video. It must have been very challenging working in, in a place where smoking was allowed. <laughs> during the time, I mean, hindi lang, hindi lang every, everybody was. Uh, I remember talaga my memory in, Even in Araneta. Coaches. I don't know if you guys can relate to this. Pagpasok mo, amoy sigarilyo. Yung Araneta Coliseum, and it was really by yeah. the third quarter, the whole place was hazy already. I mean, what, you know, what was it like working in those conditions? I, I must plead guilty to being a contributor, a major contributor <laughs> to that, <laughs> because I was then almost a chain smoker. Mm -hmm. uh, wow. I, I smoke cane size filters without wow. any filters, by the way. Cane size cigarettes without any filters, <laughs> and two packs a day was my minimum, I guess. No, yeah. Until wow. I had wow. to stop. Been there, been there, done yeah. that. Yeah, I was. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, I had to stop. Uh, at a certain stage, I think my health caught up with me. <clears throat> uh, in the seventies. Mid seventies, mm -hmm. uh, I, I had what they call, in medical terms, a spontaneous pneumothorax, which is a collapsed lung. Wow! And I was with the agency at that time. Mm -hmm. I was with advertising, mm -hmm. and it, it just happened. You know, my left lung just went poofed like a balloon, uh -huh. and it turned out that it was it had a puncture, and air was going out. So I had. To undergo emergency uh, surgery, which to me was the first and only time that I was ever seriously hospitalized. Mm -hmm. Not wow. only time, because I was hospitalized another time, but this was something else. Mm -hmm. But that was the first time that I had to be seriously hospitalized, and it recurred. But I told myself it was a blessing in disguise, because somebody up there must have told me, you're smoking too much. You're a human chimney. Right. right. And if you don't stop, yeah. you won't last. Right. So I did what was best. The only thing was my, my internist, my doctor was telling me, Dick, you have to cut down. He was a smoker himself. And he knew how hard it was to cut down. It was during those days where in Hollywood, a scene wouldn't be complete without the hero yeah. heroine lighting a cigarette. This is <laughs> one of right. the basic props. You know, yeah. everybody right. was into smoking. It was a social necessity. Yeah. And yeah. for me, it was yeah. something to relieve myself yeah. of the tension and the nerves and to relax me. So mm -hmm. I was into it. But when I got the warning from up above, somebody said, that's enough. You had your fill. Correct. Yeah. And I did it well, the uh, hard way. Yeah. Would you believe I did it the hard way? Cold dirty. That's the way. That's the only way. Yeah. Same here. Yeah. 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 And it was amazing how realistic the sensations were 
when you when you yeah. dream that you're back to smoking again on the side. <laughs> On the that, slide. That, that's yeah. strange. I actually yeah, I, still have yeah. dreams of me smoking. No, Noel's but, and, and, doing and, that happens to Noel right now. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I, lang yeah. I, I stopped three months ago. So parang I still have dreams that I'm still smoking. And then when I wake up, oh, did I actually just have a cigarette? And then I, I realized it was just a dream. So pero it's, it's a good thing that no, the three of us here are, didn't get that warning from up above for us to yes. stop smoking. But again, in, in Araneta Coliseum, before the law was passed, that was really... I mean, I'm still thinking of how the players survived that also. Yeah, and then some of our, our followers, smoked. our followers remember that as well. They're saying that but they the, remember the, parang alapap. The players also, also smoked. Back then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The players. But, but guys who never smoked like Sila Jaworski, they, 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 never, they never lit a cigarette, but they survived uh, those those years, di ba? Na, na puro usok pa nung, nung time na yon. But that must check, have been... Check out this photo. Yeah. May three-man panel na pala no, no? The, back then, yes. no? with Lauro the Fox. Yeah, Lauro Omar. the Fox. They're talking so to, is, you're, you guys are talking to Tommy Manotok here, and uh, the caption says it's, it's, it, was, it was still with UTEX. So, mga 1980s, siguro ito. Uh, uh, ano, no, tapos Pepsi pa yung, yung ano, sponsor. Yeah, sponsor. Sponsor niya. Yeah. Sir Dick, I have a question lang. Ano, uh, about yeah. the, I don't know if the tape is still there, the very first DBA uh, game in 1975. I'm sure you were on the call uh, back then. In 1975, that I think that was like Mariwasa versus Concepcion, ano? Yung yeah, the first game. game. Ah, yeah, Gallery Dominic, game. very likely at that time, wasn't yeah, yeah. it? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Still, still Mariwasa. Yeah, Mariwasa. Changed to Gallery Dominic. Yeah, do you recall what you said uh, on that very first broadcast of the PBA? Um, the, in your mind, was something historic happening? Uh, what, what, how did you open that uh, that very first uh, PBA broadcast, if you, if you recall? I don't really recall. <laughs> uh, no, I really don't recall. But uh, I guess it would be something to tell the sports fans that they would be treated to a whole new kind of ball game with the professional basketball players and teams coming into their lives, you know. Unlike where before they were content with the Mika, which was uh, commercial, uh, and it was amateur. But this time it was going to be professional. I guess th that was it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. But nothing, nothing really earth-shaking or outstanding. We we just went into it as though it were the start of another, another long-awaited, you know, long-awaited yeah. yeah. milestone that uh, we knew was going to happen eventually. But finally, the day was here. The day had. Uh, how would you treat a situation like this? Um, so it's always it's you and Emmy, three times a week, two games for so long, and then suddenly you have a guy like Bob Baymoar suddenly joining you in the panel. Would you defer to him, or would Emmy defer to to Baymoar, or would you just do your thing and then bahala na si Baymoar to try to insert his own observations? Was there a conscious effort on your part to make a guest or a third panelist uh, more involved in, in the action? Yeah, well, it, it would have to come naturally when there was a break in the game and there would be a time for, you know, our questions of, of the expert with us. <clears throat> we had Baimumar and Tommy Manotok was another guy. Mm -hmm. And that was a time that we felt it appropriate to bring them in. And sometimes we tell them, if you notice anything, just come in. Let, mm -hmm. let, let us know that you want 
just say something, you know, that you, right, right. you've observed something unusual that we didn't spot. So we welcome any kind of, you know, contribution that they might give us. Yeah. Because right. these are the eyes of the professional experts mm. in basketball. These are the coaches. Right. Bible Bobayo was a national coach, a national player. And right. he, was, he, he was one of the best, I tell you. And he was a strategist in his own right. Mm-hmm. Tommy Manotok yeah. was another person who played basketball for La Salle, but he was a darn good coach. Mm-hmm. And he, he, he was a very methodical kind of a coach. Unlike uh, Baby Dalupan, Baby was in his own element. Baby was a player himself. He was a point guard for UE, University of the East. He was a good assist man. He was a good driving artist. But he coached based on, as they say, Uido, you know, what he felt would be the best thing to do at that time. He didn't go on method. He didn't go into any kind of classic uh, approaches to the game, attack or defense or anything like that. He would pick out a player that he felt would be appropriate for that particular part of the game to come in. Mm-hmm. He would throw in, say, Bernie Fabioso when he needed speed and some kind of fast place to take place to speed up the game and break up the rhythm of the opposite team. Or yeah. he would pick up Atreko and you know have him take up his jump shots, break up the momentum of the other team. He, he was what you might call uh, a player, a coach rather, who would call his shots by feel. It was mm-hmm. an inborn talent for David Lupin that made him such a great coach. Yeah, yeah. He didn't go by the book. He didn't go by the book. Uh-huh. You know, some, someone commented here, uh, Sir Dick, just, just to, this is a bit off topic. Uh, it says here that you you and Tito Eduque made a cameo appearance in the Fernando Po Jr. film, Isa Para Sa Lahat, <laughs> Lahat Para Sa Isa. That's right. That's right. I recall that, yeah. <laughs> yeah. What, what was, what was right. the role? Were you, were you sportscasters there? In, in the, in no. the movie? Okay. No, we were just given a couple of lines to say to each other. Oh, okay. Okay. They, they just wanted to throw our faces in there for whatever damage it would do. I don't know what. So there's, there's a showbiz aspect. I, I know you did host a quiz show at a certain point in time. You also hosted a wrestling show, The Ring Gladiators and all that. But, but to be in a yeah. movie, you're, so there's a showbiz aspect also. Okay, Dick, pala. Um, was that the only movie? Was that the only movie you you appeared in, or did you have some others? Uh, I guess that was the only movie that okay, I can recall. Okay. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> hey, there's there's someone watching right now. You used to cover him when he was a young player here. Uh, there's Baby Delupan, but there's someone on the Baby other side. Delupan. His name's his name's Andrew Fields. He's watching now. Andy Fields. Oh really? Yeah. yeah. The Toyota uh-huh. import. Andrew Fields. Yeah. He's still here. No, he's he's yeah. in the states. He's in the. Yeah. Philly area, if I'm not mistaken, right? When we New interviewed Jersey. him last think, year, I, I New Jersey, he, he or New, New Jersey, every now and then. Atlantic City. Yeah, so yeah. Andy Fields is watching. Andy, right how now. are you? How are you doing? <laughs> are you still playing? Yeah. <laughs> he can't answer. <laughs> no, he's uh, he's uh, he's probably busy with well, he's he's in Atlantic City. He's playing something else, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, let's see. Let's see if Andy will reply on the comment box. We'll I'll tell you if he if he replies. Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. With that, anyway, so what we were talking about? Yeah, here's a picture with Baby D. You talked about him already, Baby Dalupa. So you yeah, guys would do yeah. the interviews. You you didn't have the courtside reporters yet back at, back in your time. 
You, it's no, it would be you and, and Emmy. Well, we would call them. We would call whoever we wanted to yeah. be our guest and talk to them right there where we were. Yeah, I remember you did a post-game interview after Toyota won a championship. See, Abbe King was wearing a robe, so he was like half uh, <laughs> half naked, uh, 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 no, from the from the from the torso up. Para siyang Rocky Balboa, ganon. Oh, para siyang just chilling. I remember that. I mean, like uh, that was a pretty candid interview with Abbe King in a robe yeah. <laughs> on national TV. Yeah. Do you remember where this shot came from, uh, sir? That could be you with baby the uh, This is you, uh, NCAA, probably. Probably, because uh, batang bata pa si baby uh, DJ, eh, oh. That's not that's not the baby. Or that's not that, no. Hindi ano, hindi yeah. bata, hindi na Chris, hindi pa Chris pa si baby DJ, eh, di ba? Ito oh, okay. oh. well, he was coaching you in no, no? pero UE, UE, yeah. Or baka Mika nga ito, Baka Mika. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. And uh, <clears throat> he's very frank, very easy to talk to. Yeah, yeah. And you can see puno puno sa likod, ah. Daming fans talaga. No mga yeah. panahon, whatever <laughs> league, whatever league that was. What, what's next um, on the, um, on the uh, slideshow? <laughs> next photo on the slideshow, please. Here, there's Norman Black. Yan among early yeah. goings. You have yeah, Norman, Norman Black, Black, Romy Quintanar, si Ronnie Nathaniels and the si Sir Tony yan, di ba? The yeah, photographer. Tony Lou. That's Sir Tony, Tony Lou. Wow. Oh, nga, ano? Yeah, Tony. I remember Tony. <laughs> He's still, He's around, still around. around. He's still He's covered still for around. games until now. Well, He's still before around. The pandem- He's before still the around. pandemic. Before the pandemic. Yeah. He was- yeah, still there. He was a hard-working photographer. Yeah. yeah. He still is. We now we now call him a PBA antiquity. <laughs> <laughs> because he's still he's still around. Yeah. Yeah, but he look is. at this. Uh, this is this, this is about, such a great photo. Yeah, but this is ano na ano saan ito? Kasi 1982 pumasok si Norman Black, right? 81, 81, yeah. 81. Ah, so yeah. this is 81. and then you, he was a commentator right away as a as a as a rookie I import. Guess, yeah. Wow. Okay. No, or or this might have been PABL also in 84. Maybe P, could be. Might have been a PABL could, coverage. That's yeah, right. Yeah, this might have been PABL. <clears throat> Yeah, mm-hmm. yes, because you did the PBL. Yeah. You know, someone pointed out earlier, we had Verhel Meneses as a guest a few weeks ago, sir. And yeah. uh, the slam dunk contest where, that he won, where he you know, he made the name for himself before he entered. In 87. Yes. And then you were the commentator for that slam dunk contest, uh, that, yeah. according to the comment. You were solo. You, you, did, that, you did that by yourself. So imagine you yeah. Verhel Meneses, who became an MVP eventually. He was a... Leaper, Verhel Menezes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He was really fun to watch. He could really tower Lloyd at basket. And he had style, too. What does he do now? He's the mayor. He's the mayor, He's the mayor. He's the mayor in Bulacan, Bulacan. <laughs> Is he? Oh, he went yes. into politics, huh? Yeah, he's yeah. Yeah. first term. So he'll be, he's running for re-election. Yeah. Running for he, re-election. Just like Philip Cesar and Yoyo Martinez. Yes, they right. went into politics. Yeah. At Atoyko as well. Uh, Atoyko, yeah. Yeah, Atoyko. Well, Sonny Jaworski and Freddie Webb became senators. That's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. 
So dami maraming oh. nagpolitiko na ano, maraming konsehal ngayon na former PBA players. Ayo. Oh. Uh, mm. JB Yango, Paul Artadi, you know, do, you know. Ang tanong diyan may naging may naging politika ba na broadcaster ng PBA? Parang wala, no. <laughs> oh, ano? That's a good question. Diba? Parang parang wala pa yata. Parang wala At least pa yata. Among, eh. amongst us, wala pa naman. Yeah. Diba? What's the next photo? Well, uh, uh, yeah. I was appointed a uh, kagawad, a uh, counselor of my barangay. Oh, really? Okay. Oh, okay, okay. It was by appointment at that time. Uh, this was in the 70s. Hmm. And then there was an election after martial law was lifted. And I retained my being counselor. But after that, <clears throat> they wanted to draft me for counselor of Quezon City. And I couldn't refuse Nikki Cosetin. She was the one behind that. She was the one who pulled me in. Uh, okay. And, but fortunately, we lost. <laughs> fortunately, <laughs> fortunately. That's, that's great. Oh, well, yeah. Yeah, there's a picture of you with a politician there beside you. Yeah, here's a politician. Yeah. And somebody pointed out, Yen Giao used to be with the PABL. He became a congressman, so Yen Giao. Yeah. And he has a broadcaster. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He was a broadcaster, yeah. He was a panelist as well. Working with Freddie Webb must have been fun. You you covered him, I suppose, in the in the Mika, and then you covered him. Yeah, the NCAA, the Mika, the NCAA. into the PBA. Yeah, Freddie Webb was uh, what did I call him? Uh, Quickie, Mister Quickie, or something like that. Uh, he was so fast. <laughs> fast break, Freddie Webb. was. Oh, Speedy, Speedy, Speedy Web. Speedy Web, yeah. Speedy Web. Yeah. yeah. He was you really mentioned, quick on his feet. You mentioned martial law, because uh, you just did a while ago, uh, a few moments ago. During martial law, were you censored in any way by the government? Ah, that is a there? nice story. <laughs> because I was doing the NCAA uh -huh. at that time for Channel 4, PDV4, uh, which was under the National Media Production Center, NMPC. Under Greg Zendanya. Mm -hmm. And I was wondering why nobody was asking me for my clearance. I was supposed to get a, all the broadcasters on the air at that time were supposed to get a clearance from uh, Kit Tata's uh, office, mm -hmm. press secretary's office. I was doing the NCAA when martial law was declared. I could dig it doing it. Nobody asked me for my clearance. Obviously, it was automatic. If you're doing it for PTV4 and NPC, you're mm -hmm. cleared. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, I never got any clearance at all during martial law. Iba naman yung sports ng time na yun eh. Wala pang politics involved. That's right. No, I guess I, I, I would, I would uh, disagree with that. I think hmm? sports is being encouraged to be covered because a lot of people watch sports and they forgot their problems under martial law by watching right, sports. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. Dito medyo ano na to, eh, siguro early 80s na ito, no? Baka PABL coverage na rin ito. Baka yeah. PABL na yan, eh. Yeah, yeah. Mid-80s already, probably. Yeah, because uh, thinking that that's Rizal Memorial. I think that's Rizal mm -hmm. Memorial. Yeah, this is not the Arneta. Yeah, judging yeah, by the, the look of the stadium. Right, let's go. What's our next photo? Speaking of voiceovers, see, Freddie Webb does a lot of voiceovers now yeah. for documentaries, oh, yeah. basketball for features, and all of that for yeah. Channel 5. Yes. This is a no no. See, Edo Campo, ba? That's Edo Campo, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Edo Campo. 
Let's go to it. And then the fellow in red. Who's the fellow in red? I think that's uh, Louis Carolf. Is that Louis Carolf? Possibly. Mm -hmm. If that's Louis Carolf, oh, silver, silver star ito. Baka, baka silver star yan. Yeah, you, you, so you did UAP. Yeah, yeah, Louis Carolf. Silver star. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah that's Silver Carolf for sure. Yeah. Mm -mm. All these old, all these old uh, names and, and <laughs> terms and, uh, yeah. that we're hearing. How how did you how did you uh, uh, enhance your your uh, your vocabulary during the coverage? Was it something you already had, perhaps because you read a lot of books and then that's just the way you are, or or did you actually look for words? Because I have I've talked to some current commentators who actually try to build their vocabulary every every couple of weeks. They they find a new word and they and they try to use it during the coverage. You know, that's a must, to always look for and remember new words. But uh, being an avid reader, it probably was there already. You know, it was mm -hmm. in my memory. And uh, mm. there would be times when I wanted a word that I just couldn't remember. And it really bugged me that I couldn't remember that particular word. Because sometimes during a coverage, <laughs> there's a word that, really completely fits the action that is taking place. And if I don't remember that word, I get so um, you know disappointed at myself until I finally get it again. And then I never forget that word. Right. right. Sometimes in our case, it happens to cover just later without the yeah. right word. <laughs> oh, para science, Ed, Ed Ocampo brings back memories. Huh? Mm -hmm. Ed Ocampo was... Uh, a scrub player on the football team when I was on the varsity. Mm -hmm. And even at that young age, he was indomitable. You could not cuff him away. He would be so determined at following you and getting the ball away from you, which was his style as a point, as a, as a guard during his uh -huh. basketball days. And he was assigned to cover Shindong Pa during the Asian Games in mm -hmm. Bangkok. And here's a little story. Kaloyloy Saga at that time gave him a pointer. He said, you know how to stop Shin? And Edward Campo said, no, no. How, Kaloy? You stick your right foot in between his <laughs> outspread legs because yes. he, has to, he has to put his two legs together to go out for a jump shot because right. he, it's a horizontal jump shot. Yes. So, you know, Edu Campo remembered that, and he did it during the Asian Games, and this really spoiled the aim of Shin Dong Pa. Shin Dong Pa had sweet spots, and if he didn't get his sweet spot, and you distract him from that sweet spot, it really minimizes his output. He couldn't get his sweet spot with Ed Campo sticking his right leg in between. These are the little secrets that basketball players keep to themselves and pass on to each other. Yeah. Which the yeah, ordinary Campo. fan doesn't yes. yeah. Ordinary fan doesn't realize. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, so, Edo of course found himself on three Olympic teams for the Philippines, 1960, right, 68, right. and 72. He was still able to get the job done. What's next on the slides? Let's check out the as we continue, si Waki Trillo oh, yeah, na Oh, lista. Waki Trillo. <laughs> yeah. Waki Trillo was with me in Beijing, Asian Games, 1990. Mm -hmm. In the 1990 Asian Games, 
This is the first all pro one, and I national team. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, the first all yeah. pro. That's right. Yeah, the coach of our national team there was Sadi Jawashti. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I remember Iwaki, the game against Japan when we were winning against Japan. Siwaki Trillo was just cheering already. He wasn't analyzing anymore. <laughs> he was yeah. just cheering already. Fourth quarter, well, you, but you, you think, in Japan. You think of Waki Trillo, you always think about Joe Cantada beside him. But this one is a great yeah. photo uh, that yeah. he did with Sir Dick there. See, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, Joe, yeah, Joe. Diba ganyan niya si, mm-hmm. <laughs> si Waki? Yeah, Joe. Ganun din naman siya. Yes, Dick. Yes, Dick. Ganun din naman siya. Ah, yeah, hindi yes yan. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, diba? Yeah, yeah, Coach, yeah. Pag, si, pag si Coach Waki, talagang yeah. Mm. What was that like also, Tito Decano, covering the first all-pro national team in Beijing? First all-pro basketball team? Uh, you mean for the Asian Games? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that was the dream team. Eh. We had the first pro team before the dream team came around. And you That's had right. the, you had the, uh, the luxury of covering the first pro team. So what was that like being in Beijing and uh, we, knowing that we had the best PBA players already representing the country for the first time? Well, we were, we were realistic enough to realize that even with the best players that we had at that time and the best professional players, we still didn't stack up height-wise and bulk-wise mm-hmm. with the international players, especially uh, China had big guys and big, yeah. big and fast. They had yeah. point guards at 6'2", 6'4", who could run rings around our point guards of 5'9", 5'10". They was that quick and that big. So we were not really that, that you know, uh, over the, over the, over the, over enthusiastic about the entire thing. We knew that okay. we, we, right, right. we would probably, we would probably get a good place, but, uh, it was still China. It was still China. China. That, uh, and, and you we had to China. contend with. And we were yeah, in China. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. That's right. You know, yeah. so uh, the best that we could do would be second. And that's exactly what happened. We got second place. Yeah. Well, China, of course, had guys like yeah. Shantao, Majian, Adiljan. Yeah. Uh, these are the legends. Of these Chinese were basketball. average yeah. of 6'6, six, 6'8. Six, six, yeah. Mm-hmm. And they could run it and jump, you know. These were people that uh, you you see them here. You put them in, as a center. Over there, mm-hmm. they were just forwards, guard forwards. Uh-huh. Yep, yep. Were you walking around the team a lot uh, during that time, sir? Uh, during in between games. I beg your pardon. Were you and walking around the team a lot during that time uh, in between in between games, or did you uh, just get to see them during the games themselves? Not really. They they had their own village. <laughs> And uh, we had we had our own uh, uh, assigned hotels, yeah. so we couldn't really be with the team uh, that often. And you know, Beijing at that time was still under very strict uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, protocols. Yeah. We, yeah. No, it was still very strict. As a, as a matter yeah. of fact, we had we had guys uh, watching over us, and we had the feeling that these were security watching yeah. us and wow. I, i'm sure they were and this was during the chairman men uh yes, aftermath exactly. mm-hmm. yes where exactly. they really buckled down you know mm-hmm. uh, so we we never got the chance to really fraternize with our 
uh, basketball team at that time. Mm -hmm. The only time that we really got to see them was during the actual games. Yeah, yeah. And we were way up. We were not around the court area. We would be assigned oh, okay. a spot way up. Not well, about mid zone time then. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. This is PBL. Yeah, this is a very young Jojo Lastimosa you're interviewing. He's playing for Luwelier at the time. Of course, you, what was it like seeing the transition from the time that you were in the PBA with the Jaworskis and the and the Atoykos, and then you see these young guys, the Meneses. Itong sila lastimosa coming up. What was the transition like for you, knowing that the next generation was coming up? Made me feel old. <laughs> but, but yeah, I mean, same here. <laughs> one couldn't prevent that, you know. I just took it as part of the growing experience. You know, Giorgio Lastimosa during his day was outstanding. He could really jump. And he was a great personality on the court. Yeah, and he, they, the fans, the fans loved him. He had this thing, this charisma with the fans. Yeah, yeah he had charisma, mm -hmm. just like the other players, uh, you know, Alan K. Dick and Alvin. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, Patrimonio. Your mga favorites, no, Jericho, that 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 yeah. uh, that was their era already. But but I'd like to ask, uh, Sir Dick. So in 1982, when Vintage Enterprises came in. Um, were you asked to stay on or, or, or what happened? Were, were you invited by the vintage uh, group always wanted to, know that. To, to continue? Well, let's put it this way. Uh, <coughs> we were asked to, to join, but we had to undergo auditions. Okay. So I said, uh, isn't that uh, superfluous uh, after covering for seven years? Mm -hmm. undergoing auditions i guess they had their own style their own approach to... right. so i said well i've had i've had my fill i've had my seven years of pba and thank you but no thanks right well, and was it the same for emmy so emmy agreed with with your stance i i don't really i don't really know if they invited him mm, okay but uh pepito uh, pepito who was with uh pba at that time uh, he was a right-hand man of uh, Leo Prieto, <clears throat> mm -hmm. Pepito. Uh, is this Del Gallego? No, 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 oh, okay. no, no, uh, no, 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 not Gallego. I'm trying to no. remember as well. He's been mentioned on the show uh, before also, si Pepito. Kumalala. Yeah. I'm sure so it'll come up. It'll come up on the comments any, any second now. Uh -huh. Well, he told me he wanted me to continue, but I said it doesn't. It, it's not within my power to continue. Castro. Uh -huh. Ah, Pepito Castro. Pepito Castro. Pepito Castro. Pepito Castro. Right. Yeah, the late Pepito Castro. He right, was right. he was a guy, you know, running the PBA <clears throat> during his time. And uh, <laughs> Pepito, Pepito was pretty close to me, and he wanted me to continue. And I said, yeah. Pepito, I'm not going to undergo additions. Mm -hmm. I felt like I was being demoted, you know. So mm -hmm. uh, I said, "Thank you, but no thanks." Yeah, yeah. Okay. At least I was. Right, we have... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, 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 in this picture, Naman, this is—I think this is Ron de los Reyes. Ron uh, de los Reyes. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Looks like so you're heading off to one of your international coverages. 
Well, 87, so maybe the Sea Games, no? Very nice. Oh, was this Sydney already? Ah, this was Sydney. Could Going be. Sydney. Yeah. Oh, okay. Sydney so there's a date August. there that says 87, so I don't know. Ah, 87, ba? Yeah. Ah, no, Sea Games, yeah. Jakarta. Okay, Jakarta. Yeah. But then, uh, then, then for, for those who don't know, what's he, Ronda Los Reyes? He's the one who said it's a robbery in Atlanta. <laughs> in 1996. When years to the day, there was a robbery in Tokyo were, also. It's a robbery in Atlanta. <laughs> yeah. We were robbed yeah, anyway. of the gold. I remember that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I get 25 uh, years uh, later, same day, robbery in Tokyo uh, naman with Nesty Patricia. Yeah. But that's a different uh, story. That's true. That's a different story, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Well, let's 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 move. What's what's next on the no, on the slideshow? That's this short race. Yes, oh, I want to ask about this. What coverage is this? Because that's yeah, that's coach short. Channel two, and then short Reyes is with you on the panel. Yeah. Do you know that short was a coach of the yes. university team, mm -hmm. which my son played for? Oh, mm. that's right. Okay, okay. No, but how, but how about this one? When was he a commentator uh, for, for yeah. this? What tournament is this? This is is this I, I asked him to join me. <clears throat> this could oh. be the UWAP. Uh -huh. This looks like Loyola Center, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, could be the UWAP. Yeah, Loyola Center. Because at that time, yeah, Chuck was put loose and fancy free, and he was looking for his niche. <laughs> yeah. You know, looking for his niche. He was coaching the Ateneo basketball team. And that varsity team was undefeated. This is a team that had Danny Francisco, mm -hmm. which my yeah. son played for, mm -hmm. uh, and also, also Rosella. Yeah, yeah. They had some very good zero. players. Yeah, that was, that was the team they won, went 14 0 oh, in the juniors. 14 0, yeah, 14 yeah, 14 straight. 0. That's yeah. right. I have right. a couple of friends undefeated. for UPIS, no, no, who. Yeah. Were, we're always. Oh, you uh, remember that kid? Yeah. Clubbered. Got clubbered. Yeah. They always got <laughs> clubbered by Ateneo. Nun. So, like, yeah. Center, so, yeah. It so, was a well-trained like team. <clears throat> Chuck started his coaching career with that team, and which, he carried that through. Which which son was this, sir? Which which son who? Uh, My youngest, who Patrick. That's Patrick. Patrick. Okay. So, since you mentioned yeah. him anyway, I'll already thank him because I might forget later. Thanks to Patrick Ildefonso. Because he's the one who arranged all of this. I, I got in touch with him and he arranged this with, with Mr. Dick Ildefonso. So, salamat sayo, Patrick. Mabuhay ka. You're the man. Thank you for fixing all of that. Okay. Well, add my thanks to that. Because without him, I wouldn't have known what to do. <laughs> That's right. He so, he helped us all the way. He helped us all the way with <laughs> setting this up. You know? Setting up this, the headphones oh. and the, 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 the tablet and all of that. So, salamat When salamat it comes to this... I told you I'm a dinosaur when it comes to this. Yeah. Well, you were telling us about your large cell phone in Barcelona and your telephone in Pestasukan, Singapore. Yeah. <laughs> and so we've come a long, long way from that. Imagine now we're just we're talking to each other here on a screen. So it <laughs> and you know I got so different. used to to coverages where you had a whole team of technicians and and logistical people 
paving the way for you, giving you the schedules, the venues and all that, giving you the times that you would have to be there. Yeah. Practically spoon-fed. But if you go out on your own, that's why I cannot forget Pesasuka. Yeah. All by my lonesome. Solo flight, <laughs> huh? <laughs> yeah, solo flight. From you need to say something, Noel. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm. Unfortunately, I have a, I have a coverage right now that I have to leave for. I'm, I'm actually in Ilocosur. Uh, we're doing the the volleyball uh, coverage. We have a triple oh, really? today. I yeah. watched that. Oh, the yeah. volleyball. My, my, my great grandson and I watched that. Oh, you hear okay. his voice with in the background telling the same story. Yeah, that's him. Yeah, he's the yeah. Uh, yeah. We're on at 1 p.m., so we have to leave right now. We have to go to the venue, which is about 15 minutes away. But I just want to say, Tito Dick, it's an honor speaking with you. Uh, thank you for inspiring. Uh, thank you for inspiring my career yeah. as a as a broadcaster. I owe this all to you. You lit the fire, and and now I'm here. I'm doing sports. Thank I'm you. in Region One doing sports. Thank you uh, so much, Tito no, Dick, for touching thank me. Thank you. Kami na bahala pare. Kami yes, na bahala. I know your dad is watching, and I pay my respects to him. He was a great friend. And thank he you, must be enjoying you. himself watching you take over in whatever footsteps I've left behind. <laughs> <laughs> thank you very much, Tito Dick. And, and I leave you with, with Charlie and MC. I'm sure they have a lot of uh, questions. Pa. So I'm going. This is my okay. ID. I need to leave. <laughs> Bye. Okay. Okay. Good luck. All right. All right. Good luck. Galingan, Galingan nyo sa volleyball. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so that's it's just us now. It's Sid and uh, and myself, and let's go to the next photo. We saw Chot Reyes, napakabata pa dyan. Ito naman, ito, clear na clear na sa atin kung ano to, Asian Games, ito. Sa main press center. Yeah, Sino to? Beijing. That's Waki, di ba? Yeah, that's the Beijing. That's yeah, that's Waki, yes. Uh, and who's the lady? Do you remember who the lady? I suppose uh, that's a lady. No? Yeah, uh, she was uh, the... Liaison uh, that oh. ABS-CDN sent with us because she she's Chinese. Uh, okay, so she could speak the language probably, no? Well, she you know the thing is, when we were in Beijing, and uh, she she tried translating for us, her dialect did not, oh, okay. you know, compare with with the Beijing. They have their own. Uh, Lingo, you know, their their own uh, idioms. And she said, but you're, you're using Mandarin. Yeah, I'm using yeah. Mandarin, but they have their own dialect, Mandarin yeah. dialect. So I said, well, you're supposed to be our interpreter. <laughs> and she said, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. You know, she, she, she was a producer. Of, I don't know if she's still there. Lingit, Lingit, uh, mm -hmm. Tan, Lingit Tan is her name. Okay, okay. But she was a great yeah. help. Yeah, but I, I can Especially relate to that story. It, it's tough, the yeah. international, the international coverages uh, when it's hard to talk to the the locals because it's a, there's a language barrier. It's great yeah. to have someone to interpret. Sayang, eh, pero siya, it didn't work out for her that yeah. time. Was tough. You know, the no? thing is, the the idiomatic uh, kind of dialect that they have in the city itself. It's so different from the, the usually used dialect. So Mandarin has its own idioms in in the cities around China, I guess. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly what happened to us. Mm -hmm. Did you did you uh, admire any of the international broadcasters, let's say from the U.S. 
or from Europe, perhaps uh, that that you know maybe you wanted to work with them, or did you pattern your your commentary <clears throat> after them? Guys like you know from the NBA, maybe. Uh, <clears throat> not really. Uh, for me, do your own thing. Mm -hmm. Be as original as you can. Right, right. And I really, I really didn't want to imitate anybody or pattern my style with anybody. I just wanted to do things my own way, express mm -hmm. myself in my own way. And if it was acceptable and people appreciated it, thank you. Good. You know. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah. Here you, you are you one don't of your become a carbon copy. You're yeah, not, you're not a carbon copy of anybody. You're the uh -huh. original. Right, right. That, that's I, that's sound advice for anyone who wants to get into this type of thing. Uh, sports commentary. Just just be be just original. Be yourself. Yeah, be be yeah. Here, do your thing. Okay. Yeah. Right. Here's another one of your solo flights. How many photos do we have still? Uh, do we have I a couple more? Oh, this is the, the last one. one. Yeah. Okay, so that's that's the last so, photo we have of, of uh, a track and field coverage because it's an open yeah. arena. That's right, that's right, and, and you did all sorts as as we mentioned earlier. Uh, mga, yeah. Mga, no, well, well, you know, um, these were the days well, we, of Lidia de Vega, remember? Oh, and mm. Isidro del Prado. Lidia de Vega, Elma Muros, yeah. Isidro, Isidro del Prado. Prado. Yeah, Hector Begueo. Hector Begueo, steeple chase, Hector Begueo. Yeah, Hector Bigayo. Bronze medalist, bronze medalist in the Asian Games. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. Hector Bigayo. Grabe, those names. Gintong Alay. Gintong Alay. Gintong Alay. Yeah. Which Michael Keon started. You know. That's right. That's what, that was a good program, actually. Uh, sayang lang. But uh, yeah, well, that, that's a different story altogether. Well, we've, we've breached the two-hour mark already with Mr. Ildefonso. So we have to kind of wrap this up already. And dami pang kwento sigurado nito, but... <laughs> but you know, we maybe we can do our, another session sometime down the road. But you know, before we we do end our show uh, and let you go, Sir Dick, we have a couple of well regular segments here. Well, let's do the first one. It's called X's or O's. I'll give you some choices, and you just tell me which your choice is without having to explain. Okay, so it's a it's an enumeration, and I'll I'll go through them, and you tell me which of the choices uh that 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 you'll that which, which one you'll choose no between the choices i'll give you let's start the first choice because uh, because this is these are guys who came after you and you probably listened to them joe cantada or pingoy pension oh you want me to choose yes yes joe um... cantada or pingoy pension without having to explain I guess Joe Cantada. Joe Cantada. Okay. Joe Cantada. How about this one? Frank Sanchez or Rafi Mejia? Rafi Mejia. Rafi Mejia. Okay. Ronnie Nathaniels or Zal Marte? Ronnie Nathaniels. Ronnie Nathaniels, okay. The late Ronnie Nathaniels. How about this one? Kaloy Loisaga or Lauro the Fox Mumar? Lauro the Fox Mumar. Lauro Mumar, okay. Toyota or Crispa? 
CRISPR. CRISPR, okay, okay. Mon Fernandez or Sonny Jaworski? Sonny Jaworski. Sonny Jaworski, okay. Atoiko or Bogs Adornado? Atoiko. Atoiko. How about this? KBS Channel 9 or BBC 2? KBS Channel 9. KBS, okay. Andrew Fields or Cyrus Mann? Andrew Fields. Andrew Fields. Referee Ting Cruz or referee Imigjo Kahanding? Kahanding. Kahanding. That guy's a character. Okay. Uh, how about this? Adornado leaving Crispa or Florencio joining Toyota? Uh, I would I would say Adornado. Adornado leaving Crispa. Okay. Okay. A uh, couple more things. Okay. How about this one? This is one of your terminologies here. Charity line or fifteen foot line? The charity stripe or the 15-foot line? 15-foot line. 15-foot line. Okay. Uh, Glenn McDonald or Larry Pounds? Glenn McDonald. Glenn McDonald. Dante Silverio or Danny Floro? Danny Floro. Okay. How about... Uh, the Royal True Orange 1979 Championship or the UTEX 1978 Championship? Those were the first two who got through CRISPR and Toyota. UTEX. UTEX. Okay, UTEX. And then this one, Manny Paner or Boycotch? Manny Paner. Manny Paner. Okay, and then this last one is a question that uh, Noel uh, made no, for this segment. The last question is Vilma Santos or Nora Honor? Nora Honor. Nora Honor. Okay, we got a Nora. We got a Nora. The score Vilma now is 16-5. Oh, Vilma yeah. streak is over. We've had a Vilma streak, I think, 10 straight shows already. So Nora gets one in. So Nora, okay, that's Nora. Okay. That's it. So it's 16 for Vilma, Nora 5, and then there are four who could not decide among our guests. Okay, Sid, go on. Okay. Uh, so, uh, Dick, uh, my question is, you know, you've covered so many great Filipino athletes and so many memorable events. Uh, who would be your five most memorable Filipino athletes that you've uh, covered in person? Whether it could be a PBA player, or it could be, you know, uh, uh, an athlete on an international tournament. That's a tough one. Such a broad field. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, see, I guess the five who first come to mind, I, I suppose. Yeah. Well, this is very likely because of not just achievement, 
outstanding achievement, but because it's related to me. My first choice is Giofilo Ildefonso. Wow, yes. Okay, the swimmer. Okay. Yeah. Uh, he's the first one to win two, two uh, consecutive uh, medals in Olympics. Mm -hmm. But he spelled, this Ilde, he spelled his family name with, with a, a y, y, correct? Yes. My, my dad changed that with, with a court order because he says, you're always going to be called last alphabetically. So he said, please change it to an I. And we were in the middle of the alphabet. He okay. was a very practical man, my dad. Mm -hmm. But we were all from Ilocosur. Uh, he was, we were from Sinai. No, no, no. Uh, yeah. And, and I think Teofilo was also from uh, Ilocosur. Mm -hmm. But then we went to Cavite after that. <clears throat> mm -hmm. Okay, that's in okay. the course, so it's number one. That's the first. Uh, I won't limit it to basketball. No, can be anything, can be any sport that you covered. Ah, that I covered. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Lydia de Vega. Lydia, okay. Uh, takes a lot of thought, really, and she's <laughs> only my second choice. <clears throat> and uh, because it. And that, pinapagod, mo, pinapagod mo si Mr. Sir Dick Sid, <laughs> sa tanong mo. <laughs> okay. A friend Bata Reyes for oh, Bears. <clears throat> Mga legend yan. May aim na pamasyano for bowling. Oh, yes. That's parang Mount Rushmore yan, ha? Yeah. Uh, that's the Mount yeah. Rushmore of Philippine sports right there. Paeng and Efren. <laughs> Kasama yan. Hmm. Yeah, and last one. One more. Well, maybe we Nestor go Torre, one to the PBA. Nestor Torre. Ah, Eugene. Uh, Eugene. No, no, Torre. I didn't Eugene. cover him. Eugene uh, Only for those that I... Yeah, that I, yes. The ones, yeah. the ones you personally witnessed. Only, only the ones I covered, so yeah. uh, scratch that out. Let me, okay. let me go through my memory again. <clears throat> tough. Very tough. But see, Sid, Sid asks the tough questions. Yeah, yeah. Well, maybe you can <laughs> choose one from the PBA. Choice. Oh, how maybe about you how about the, the last one? Yeah. yeah, just choose one from the PBA. The, the, yeah, from the PBA. Player that you always yeah, the most enjoyed. memorable PBA yeah. player that you that you covered. All, yeah, all you always enjoyed covering. In those seven years. Ah, okay, okay. <laughs> tough again. <laughs> Mahirap pa rin eh, no? Mahirap pa rin. Atoy ko. Sige. Atoy. Atoy. The controversial, ah, at least on this show, Atoy ko. He's been talked about so much here ah, because, uh, <laughs> because, of his, because of his comments about Sandy Jaworski, but that's a different matter altogether. Okay. Well, sir, uh, before, before we let you go, uh, you know, you've been in, you've been in sports, in the sports uh, industry, sports media for, wow, for so long, decades upon decades. Is there anyone you would like to, to acknowledge or to thank uh, for your great career in sportscasting? Or do you have any words of wisdom for those who are aspiring to, to enter the industry? Like, like, like us, so we're, we're, we're kind of there already, Noel, Sid, and I. But uh, you know, what, what's, what's, like, what's the legacy you want to leave? What are your words uh, of advice for them? And, and who do you want to thank and acknowledge? 
Well, uh, words of advice, very simple. Be a pro, be a professional. As a professional, you anticipate everything, you prepare for whatever you're going to be doing. You take things as maturely as possible. Mm -hmm. you do the best you can. Prepare yourself for whatever you're going to do. And be original. Don't imitate. You get the best points from somebody that you admire, but be yourself when you finally adapt it into your style. Mm -hmm. Now, uh, people that I'm grateful for, or I'm grateful to, to have helped me, would be, I would say, the networks that I worked with, ABS-CBN. Uh, not necessarily any particular person. I worked for the agencies like Philippine Advertising Counselors mm -hmm. and Ace Compton Advertising for giving me the leeway to continue with my activities as a sportscaster and other, other ventures that I went into while I was working for them. And I guess everybody who helped me along the way deserve my appreciation and thanks. Mm -hmm. And for this particular adventure, uh, let me express, which you did already, my, my appreciation and thanks to Patrick, my son, who set everything up from beginning up to the present time. Yes. So without him, I wouldn't have known what to do. So thanks to him <laughs> that you see me here. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Salamat, salamat. Salamat I guess Patrick. that's Yeah. Thank, thanks to Patrick. And, and well, well yes. thanks to you, sir. We thank you for, for agreeing to, to come on our show and accepting our invitation. Uh, it's something I it's had thought honor. of. Yeah. Oh, wow. Well, it, likewise, no, for <laughs> us. It's something I thought about months and months ago. I already told Sid and Noel about it. And our other uh, kasama here, si Jay, sinabi ko na, let's try mm -hmm. to invite uh, Mr. Dick Ildefonso. So, through the efforts now of my friend, Dino Tanwatko, who's a classmate of uh, Patrick, we got through and then uh, finally we, we, we made it happen. So, the original voice of the PBA, but not just the PBA, kasi ang dami talagang uh, dinaanan ni Sir Dick Ildefonso. You name the event, he was there, no? internationally, locally. Na-cover niya yan, hindi lang po basketball. This is an eternity of basketball, but we appreciate sports in general. And he did them all. So thank you for coming on the show and sharing your wonderful stories with us. And uh, I guess that brings to a close our episode 92 of An Eternity of Basketball. Two full hours, and I say full hours talaga kasi talaga sinulit talaga natin yung dalawang oras na nakalaan para sa atin dito sa Eternity of Basketball. Maraming salamat sa San Miguel Corporation. We are powered by San Miguel Corporation. Thank you for staying on as our partner uh, in bringing this show, as well as the Globally Balling Network, Aaron, behind the scenes. Uh, you know, he, he, he helps us out uh, all the time. So, sangalan ni Sid Ventura, na nandyan. Si Noel Zarate, na nandito kanina, pero papunta na siya sa venue ng volleyball kasi mag-a-announce mag siya doon. Ako naman po si Charlie Kuna. Maraming salamat sa inyong lahat sa usual ng pagkikinig ninyo at panunood ng aming uh, Munting uh, palabas dito, no? Called an eternity of basketball. 
Tuloy-tuloy po tayo. We will announce who our next guest will be on our Facebook page within the next few days. And I hope you anticipate that and I hope you're excited when we finally do that. But in the meantime, that's it. Because time is trickling, like the basket trickling in, as Dick Ildefonso would say. Mm -hmm. And so <laughs> we're going to cheer and we will pray for Carlo Paalam. We hope he gets the gold in about 45 minutes. Lalaban yung ating boxingero. Sana makuha niya yan. But in the meantime, Sir Dick, thank you so much. God you. bless you. And we hope uh, to talk to you again soon. I'm sure there's a lot more stories. Diba? You're most welcome. Yeah. And if you can dig it out of my memory, I'd appreciate it because it's nice. All right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and we love it too. We love the stories. I'm sure you enjoy your fans uh, for, for that. No? So thanks. Thanks to the entire Ildefonso family, Patrick especially, and Sir Dick, of course. So Janak Tatabos, it's you. in the books. Episode 92. Adios. See you next week. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Thank you so much. Bye. Thank you, sir. That concludes this episode of An Eternity of Basketball. As a reminder for this show and others like it and projects like it, go to globallyballin.com as well as follow Globally Ballin on all social media, including facebook.com slash globallyballin, Twitter at globallyballin, and Instagram. You can also follow this show directly at An Eternity of Basketball on Instagram or facebook.com slash an eternity of basketball. Thank you and make sure to catch next week's episode.